two brothers and gamers that have been playing games since the early 1980s. Combined, they have over 65 years' experience. Join them each week as they discuss and rant about gaming and entertainment news. This is Generation X Gaming. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another week, another episode of Generation X Gaming, the weekly podcast that goes over a few of the top stories from the past week, and we rant along the way. Sorry for the, the late start, but don't worry, we're still doing two hours. It's just, it's, it's the same thing, just shifted over a half hour. Uh, we're here every single Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern. I'm your host, 30 and Still Gaming, and joining me each and every single week is Sarge McCluskey. How are you doing, Sarge? My fault. Don't blame anybody else but me. I would My fault for the last start. My fault for late start. I live in this house, so I don't go anywhere. I, this is my. I'm actually like Professor Xavier. I actually don't have legs. I just I just sit in this chair. Yeah, be careful if you stay in that chair for too long. You won't need to have legs. That's well, the problem. No, I, I get up. Don't worry. I have a I have a seven year old and a dog. I, I walk plenty. Uh, Generation X Gaming, a weekly podcast that goes over a few of the top stories in the past week, and we rant along the way. Uh, on today's show. We have lots of Beta Field 2076 uh, articles going on. <laughs> we 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 got it. We got to talk about it, Sarge. We got to talk about it. We're gonna be talking. Yeah, we do. Do we have to talk about Beta we Field? We do. It, Beta Field basically took over for Destiny, and that's and that's basically what it is. Okay. Oh, is that is that is that how it's gonna roll? Is that what we're doing? Uh, the Video Game Historian Foundation has something to say about Nintendo taking down the 3DS and the Wii U. We'll talk about that. We're gonna talk about you the- mean everything everything they have. <laughs> yes. We're, we're going to talk about Uncharted uh, not doing so well, even though they try to boost it up, uh, as it did. Uh, developer cancels a crowdfunded MMO, disp- uh, dis- disappears because of fraud allegations. We'll talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about hundreds of sealed Super NES games found in a storage facility. We're going to talk about Sean Murray. Says that No Man's Sky isn't finished by a long shot. Uh, Cyberpunk released on the 15th, Sarge. It released. It finally released for the new system. It's unbelievable. They've done it. They've done Incredible. it. They released it. It's still well. Technically, technically, it's not out yet, Sarge. Incredible. Because they still have stuff they have to update to the game. So technically, the full game yeah, but is they still it for the new system. Yeah, it, it released they for the new system. The new system. Yeah. So basically, it's just like the rest of it. They released it crappy, and then they're going to fix it. That's right. They have another the eighteen system. months to now fix they it now. It yeah. In the new system. Yeah, and now they have and to fix crappy, it. Yeah, twelve and they're months. Gonna fix right. It. Right. it still counts as a release date. Uh, Halo TV series already renewed for a second season because we saw the first season, right? We saw the first season. We but have to talk about let that. Me, let me, let me get this. Talk about we, we are going to talk about it. And, and we're also going to talk uh, that Halo TV show launch could be blocked because of a lawsuit from the original game, original composer. Okay. So they ordered a second Ooh, season. Good for him. They ordered a second season, him. but this guy might not even let him get the first season off the ground. Okay. Uh, Nintendo is closing down the 3DS and Wii U shops. Uh, PlayStation 5's greatest enemy is Sony itself. We'll go over that. Uh, Lost Ark, <laughs> Lost Ark is uh, is being review bombed, but for for some decent reasons. Uh, Division Heartland leaked, and the details are like Tarkov, and we'll talk about that. Uh, antitrust laws are changing, Sarge, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, and here's what it means for gaming mergers. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing how antitrust laws are changing during the year that Microsoft bought Division Blizzard. Yeah. 
strange, isn't it's, it's, it? It's, it's strange. It's strange. Strange game, how game, the laws are changing in the middle of it. Game GameStop strange. stock is uh, is uh, up on rumors of Microsoft NFTs. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn passes incredible sales milestone. Hoglaw has an issue with the uh, criticizing Horizon Forbidden West on PlayStation Five, and YouTube includes NFTs for the new creator tool. So lots of stuff to talk about on today's show. If you guys would like to help us out in any way, shape, or form, there are free ways to help us, and there are monetization ways to help us. The free ways are you can like, share, subscribe, follow. Okay, if you're watching on Twitch, you can hit that follow button. If you're over on YouTube, you can hit the subscribe button. You can hit the like button. You can comment down below. You can share it uh, after the fact. You can also listen to us on the podcast formats. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's the way free. If you like to monetize and help us uh, with giving us a few bucks, it's a little as 99 cents over on YouTube. Uh, you can go as 4.99, or you can go over on Twitch for 4.99, or use your Twitch Prime sub. Uh, we also do super chats and whatnot over here on uh, on YouTube. So we do appreciate you. This content is free if you are enjoying it and you're here. We do four shows a month, uh, average. So we appreciate you very much for showing up for the live shows and we do have chat we do talk to chat while we're uh, doing the shows sarge is in the chat while i'm being the producer and stuff of the show so he talks more than i do in the chat and i just answer you out loud so we do appreciate you very much uh so sarge we uh what you been playing what you been playing i, I gotta be on I, I gotta be honest with you i have played absolutely nothing valentine's weekend in the biz is the busiest weekend of all time all i did is when i, if I walked through the door I took a shower and I passed out. That's all I did last week. Unfortunately, I haven't played anything. The only thing I I I, I logged I, I'll I'll be honest. I logged on in a in a half stupor. Log on to make sure, and this could be the month, bro. This could be the month where I log on every day on ESO and collect the daily. This could be the month. I, <laughs> I haven't missed so. one yet. I don't think so. I haven't missed one yet. You're 14 days I'm in. almost you, you, there. You could, you could miss it. You could miss it. I, I could do it. I could do it. Stop being so negative. I can do it. I want I, just one month. I want the dailies for one month. I want to get that last, that last thing. That <clears> Sorry, last, make sure you don't uh, have anything else running on your computer. I know your computer is, uh, is run by a hamster. No, no, I, no, I, I, don't, make, I don't even have my TV on. Make, make, make sure, make sure you yeah, got, because you're, you're, uh, yeah. your, your videos, oh, your audio is fine. Will, your audio is fine. I'll tell you what it says though. What it wants me to do right now is update. It says you you really need to up you really yeah. need to restart your computer. Yeah. That's what it says. But we're gonna let it ride. <clears throat> so we're I've also didn't have a lot of time to play games, Sarge, because I've been playing Lost Ark. <laughs> guess guess how many hours I'm in for Lost Ark. It came out last Tuesday. So it's been I'll, out I'll for figure, hang on. hold on, I'll, it's been out math. for uh seven, eight, nine days. 10 days, 10 days. I've had it for 10 days. Today's day number 10. Uh, 340. 340. 340. You think, I've been you think I've been playing it for 340? Well, now you really think I'm psycho. 340 I hours total, yeah. It's, that's impossible, Sarge. That's impossible. I, I, I would have to play 200. I would have to play 24 hours a day for 10 days. I don't know what you're doing. And that's only 240 do hours. Do the math, man. It's only been out for 10 days. Doing. It's only been out for 10 days. That's impossible. I don't know what you're doing when you, when you log off. When you, when you stop There's talking online. There's only 24 hours in a day, Sarge. Basic math. 24 times 10. 
That's 240 hours. It's impossible to have 340 hours. You could be cheating. <laughs> you could be cheating. Sar Sarge, Sarge, I guess not very good at math. Okay. I've, I've had 70 hours. I have 71 hours in the game in 10 days. So I'm averaging seven hours a day. Uh, 70, 70 Don't hours. Don't try to outmath me, Smash. Sitting around there using your calculator and shit after 10 minutes of us talking. Come on now. Right. So Come on, bro. It's it's 10 days cuz I have my bro. I had my reward today. It's 10 days. So but yeah, that, I'm not I'm not that psych. I'd be I'd be like this, Sarge. Guess how many uh guess how many hours I've played. Uh, uh, bro. <laughs> guess uh advanced for one. Yeah. Uh, you drink the potion of a rending. <laughs> yeah. Right. So so I've I've been absolutely loving the game. I'm still not complete with the story, Sarge. Not I'm not even halfway done with the story. There's seven arcs to collect, and I'm at arc number three. I haven't even gone over to, to get the fourth arc yet. Okay. I just started doing... Uh, I, I got to level 50. I've been level 50 for like three days now. Okay. But I haven't done any kind of endgame content. I, I did my first Chaos Dungeon, uh, which is a lot of fun. It's just a bunch of guys being thrown at you, and you're just... <laughs> You're just mowing down people and get loot galore. Now your first two well, runs, you're, you're ba they're basically giving you the opportunity to use the abilities that you've gathered to see how they work in conjunction. That's basically what that kind of yeah, is. yeah. But it's it's really fun. the The story itself, um, it's it's one big story. Okay, it's one big story, but like each continent has its own small story like happening on the continent like you have to save people and there's like a child trafficking thing you're saving people you have to save a a, a population of, of of fairies uh there's 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 a whole bunch of stuff happening right there's slaves there's a, a whole bunch of stuff still mo so much more to go okay Ooh, real real world issues inside the game i got so it. so i read an article and the di the director of the game said that when you're done with this game when you're done with this story it's only 10 to 15% of the total story of the game. Now, think about that, Sarge. I'm at 70 hours right now in the game. Let's say I put another 30, 40 hours in, and let's say it's a 100-hour game. At the end of the day, when I'm done with this story, it's only 10 to 15% yep. of the actual full story of Lost Ark. So they have more content coming out, more content. I don't know for... about that, but okay. That's what they said. That's what they said. I... I... Listen, I, I will say, I'll nod my head, be like, okay, bro, I understand what you're saying. But actual physical numbers of how long the story is well, after you do whatever. I know it's hard. I, I, I know it's hard I'll, to grasp. I'll be nice. You said, two, you said 340 hours and a possible 240. So, um, just saying. You added 100 hours to the week. Um, I, it's, it's a fun game. It's, it's a really a good fun game. Uh, I, I do have a second character. He's at level 27 right now. And I'm not doing my power pass where I level him up super fast. I want to, like, play him and, and, and level him up through the, through the actual game again. So I'm just doing the main quest with him. Just the main quests with, the, with that one character. Um, there's so much to do, Sarge. There's so much to do in this game. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, but, when you say, but when you say so much to do, meaningful content? Yes. Or just because... They're giving you stuff to do that's not similar to the rest of the stuff that no. you normally do. So Meaning, you meaningful like so content. Like, so technically, the, the game starts at level 50, and the grind starts at, 
the story zero to fifty is not part of the game. That's that's a tutorial. It's learning, learning the yeah, game. It's a tutorial. It's learning the game. Okay, I got. You. I'm still getting tutorial stuff as you get new systems implemented. Okay. One of the cool things I like about the game is that they respect your time. And what I mean by respecting your time is I'm getting, I have gear now that's at uh, 340. Okay. So I'm doing chaos dungeons and drops gear, which brings me up. Now, let's say I find a sword that I like. I can level that sword up with me as I go, Sarge. So until I find my next tier. So when I get to tier two, let's say I find a sword again, a low level tier, tier two, I can level that sword up and when I find another sword that okay. I like, I can take everything from the sword that I had and transfer it to the new sword. Okay? Ooh. So I, I don't have to waste materials. Saving time. Right. Respecting right. Respecting, time. respecting the player's time. Okay? They, respecting time. They literally let you, um, like, just do the Chaos Dungeons, do the Abyssal Dungeons, do... Like, there's little bits and pieces. Once you do your main things for the day... Then you can just go about doing whatever, like the collection, like go around collecting stuff, do the game, take your time. Don't rush. Now, there's some people that are going to rush the end of the game, and those people will be in this chat course, down the road, and they'll be complaining that there's nothing to do, you know, six months down the line. But truly, Got from it. level 50 to level 60 is going to take us months. Okay? Zero to 50 took us seven days or L less. Literal months? Literal months. Literal months? From 50 based to 60. On, based on how much gameplay? Based on how much gameplay? What do you mean, uh, uh, based on how much gameplay? Like every day, you're playing every day. Every day, you're playing once a week. Every day, every day, it's going to still take you. It, months? It'll take it'll take two months to three months to yes. I just think of my math is bad. That's crazy. Yeah, and we know that is a fact because Korean servers been up for that's four fact. years. That's, that's not. That, that's, that's not. A, that's not an actual thing. It's fact. Yeah, it's fact because Korean servers been up for four years. Japan servers been up for three years, and Russian servers been up for two years, and. Each one of them, the people that have been playing the game for thousands of hours, they say from 50 to 60 is going to take, for the, for the hardcore people, it'll take like seven to ten weeks. For everybody else, it'll take three to six months. Shit. Yeah. And they're going to add more end game content. Like right now, is there's end game content, so it does this. But as they add stuff, it just keeps getting wider and wider because there's more stuff to do. Well, I did... I did watch some videos on the game and I think it's done really well from the videos I've seen. And, but the one that really blew my mind was the guy trying to describe the raid. Oh, the raid. Oh my God. I thought I'm thinking, <laughs> I, I thought I was going if, into college if, if for a philosophy true, class. Like right. <clears throat> if that's true, the video I saw for the raid, if that's true, half the chat will be crying before you guys get anywhere near it. Half the chat will be in tears before you guys complete a raid right judging by what i saw that that to me looked like it, it makes a destiny raid look like basic long division yeah it's, it's right that's it's, what it it's makes insane it, that, that's what it makes it. the the best part about that video that i sent you right it's like a i don't know 12 minute long video maybe a little longer of the guy just explaining how to do the thing and then at the end of the video he goes okay this is part one i was like <laughs> right <laughs> it is part. i'll tell you what though yeah Part two, I, part two, I laughed the first time. Part two, I thought was coming. But then he goes, and then we go to space. And I yeah, was like, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, there's part two, and then we go yeah. to space? He's like, and then, I'm like, there's at, no way. You, there's, a, there's a hundred, somebody's gonna be crying. 170 levels or 200 levels, something like that, for the boss. And he goes, yeah, after, after he describes, yeah, after he describes all of it, he's like, all right, the last seven, this is where it really starts. And you're like, like, 
what? And he's like, then he summons an asteroid from space. And he's like, and then you have a time limit. It's a timer that basically yep. you have yep. to beat him before the, the before the asteroid hits. And, and by the way, there were there were 17 versions of you failing before the asteroid. Yeah. Yeah. Like 17 times you could have failed and had to start over. So, before we got to the asteroid. So there was a Korean uh, group that did this. They were like one of the first people to get to this uh, this dungeon, right? To do the last oh, the last one. I'm sure they did. They they pulled up their slide rules and stopped well, the Washington. Well, they were the Olympics first ones. No, solve the race. Well, no, it's I been out it. for four years anyway. But uh, when they did it, they did it for 32 hours. 32 hours, okay. And then they got to that part where there's only seven levels left, and then they wiped. <laughs> 32 hours. Now, now I've I'm never somebody somebody's dog's getting punched. Yeah, that's, so, all I'm, that's all I'm saying. So there's, I'm I'm never no way. now they do there's have no checkpoints. Way. They have checkpoints that you can hit and stuff. But I don't know, and no one can answer this for me yet. I know there's checkpoints. So let's say I, I, I get so far for one night and then I say I'll come back tomorrow. Now I don't know if it's like Destiny where it resets at the end of the week or if it's that, it's saved there harsh. the entire time, right? If it's saved there the entire time and I can go back anytime I want, like okay. Three weeks later, that's fine. Then I'll be able to do a raid. If if it's not like that and it and it constantly resets a week after, I will I just because of the the lifestyle I have, I will never be able to sit down long enough to complete the raid. Right? I, I won't. I just won't. And I'm okay with that because you don't need to do the raids to get the best gear in the game. Right? Oh, what I you're doing, but but that's. That's the creme de la creme, though. No, no, I understand that. Doing it is an accomplishment. Creme de la creme. And you get exotics there. You get, like, jewelry and stuff. But the gear that you can get, you don't have to do the raid to get the gear. Okay? You get cards and different things from the actual raid. You know, you know what I find You know what I find interesting? And, and this, is, this is a point you have to keep for the rest of the conversation. Okay? You said the game's been out for four years, right? In Korea, yeah. In Korea. Has the raid been out that long? How long has the raid been uh, out? I'm not sure how long the... the that raid that he was talking about, I think it's been out for at least yeah, well, a year and a half, two years, I believe. All right, so let's just call it a year, okay? So the year that that raid's been out, the complication that that raid hmm. is. To, to make that did video, anyone, that, that had to anyone, take a long time. Did anyone cry about the raid's too hard, we have to lower it? I, I didn't hear I don't any know. crying. I don't, I don't know I looked, because... I looked. I, I can't answer that truthfully because I didn't follow the community up until I started playing. So no, I get it, but it hasn't it hasn't come out over here in our circle of information in the states that the raid is too hard. They need to lower it. That hasn't come out yet. Right. Right. If that's the raid the way it is, and there's no crying yet, right? Then I have questions. I got yeah. a lot of questions. It's it, right? the game itself. So, so that means that 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 means that the rest of the people who are grinding their ass off, love the game, want to play it, want to do the raid decided that they were going to spend 32 hours in the raid and then wipe and nobody started a reddit that said oh, I'm this sure it's too hard I'm sure I'm sure there it is down. it seems a little weird because I know the American mentality is if I can't do it the first time out it's too hard you need to lower it I mean right now there's there's 276,000 viewers watching um it's 10 days in a lot of people are watching just because of drops or or, or whatnot um but overall, I think this game will withstand the time. I, I think that the, the concurrent right now, the concurrent, let me, let me check the concurrent. Uh, uh, let's see, Lost Ark, Steam Charts. Right now, it's sitting at 797,000 people playing right now. 
It hit up. It hit a peak of one point three. Take that, Beta Field. Right. Uh, it hit one point three million uh, within the the all time peak is the high. Within the last twenty four hours, it, it did break over a million again. It was almost one point one million uh, in the last twenty four hours. So. I do believe that this will last, not to, not into the millions. I think once the smoke clears, other games come out, it'll stick around right. 300, 400,000 concurrent at all times for the foreseeable well, future. Yeah, but it seems the way that the game is constructed, it's constructed for people to play other stuff and then pop in and do some stuff in that game. It's not meant to be grind fest only this game. Go play the rest of the games that came out I, in February <laughs> and then come back. I had a, I had a cool moment the other night. Um, there was these Makoko seeds behind this barricade, uh, and on on stream on, on on stream, the only way you can get behind these barricades is you have to destroy them. This is the hardest boss I've ever fought in my entire life in any any game. Okay, I had to sit there, Sarge. He's off, bro. No, no, anytime. No, at all, at all no, time. No, at all time, all time. There, I've never all had right, any ahead. boss fight that lasted this long. I had to get three fucking Makoko seeds. Okay, there's three Makoko seeds behind this these two barriers. The two barriers, okay, by myself, I was sat there for, this is no joke, no exaggeration, 25 minutes, and I didn't break the barricades, okay? All of a sudden, out of nowhere, five other people just ran up to me, okay, after I was doing this for 25 minutes, okay? So six of us, Sat there for an additional eight minutes on top of the 25 minutes I was already there just to break the barricades. And then we finally got through. And as soon as you break through, within seconds, the barricades pop back up. And I was like, oh, my God, just to get three Makoko seeds. You have to sit there for at least five to six people between seven and ten minutes just to destroy the barricades. Okay. The, the amount the of persistence that you have to have. Or are they just. No, they're literally so, just blockading the you. The boss? There's no boss. I was joking. Just hitting the oh, barricade. The barriers are the boss? Yeah, just the barricade itself. I had to sit there for 25 minutes. Wait, wait, wait. I don't understand. Why Why are you punching a wall for 20 minutes? That's the boss? A punch a it wall It wasn't for a boss. Minutes? It wasn't a boss. It was a joke about the boss. Okay? It was just okay. to get the Mococo seeds that are stuck behind a barricade. Okay, That's the, the only way to get these three seeds. You have to so sit it's, there. It's basically a test, of, it's a test of patience. That's it. That's it. Yeah. It's a test of patience. That's it. How long you can sit there? Well, right. you beat the game. You, That's well, right. Viking uh, says you beat the I game. Will, I will. Well, I will. I will be devil's advocate. Maybe the developers thought that they needed a spot in the game where you could test your gear for the best possible DPS. This, and that was this it. is a lower level. This is a lower level area. So maybe if I come back later, maybe I'm doing a lot more damage, and then you could do it real quick. Maybe you're not supposed to get it's, it early on. It's possible, but maybe it's. Listen, I, I've seen it happen in other games before. A developer will put something in the game, a mechanic in the game that seems bizarre. Like, why is this even here? Why am I punching a wall for 20 minutes? Yeah. But really, what it is is it's like a like a demarcation point. Like you've reached this level. And then you get to see how much damage your guy is actually doing with the best gear you have currently. I, to see how long it takes you to get what, down that barrier. What I'm gonna do when I hit when I hit 1500 level power gear, I'm gonna go on stream and I'm gonna help people get the Makoko seeds behind the barrier because I don't want someone to sit there for 20 fucking minutes to get to get the fucking thing. Well, remember, rem I, I'll use an old school re relation here. Remember when we 
traveled in the uh, first zone in Destiny, and we found the guy with the skull. Oh, and yeah. we tried to defeat him. Yeah, and we tried to defeat him. Yeah, we waited for other people to come and still try to defeat him. Yeah, like it's just one of those right. things. Well, we it's didn't just know like at a, the time, right? It's right. a right. It's a line in the sand to test out what you think you're yeah. worth. Right, yeah. that's what it is. It, it tests was, your metal. It, it, it was fun. It was. It, it was. I, I sat there and people were like, "This is not how you do it." I was like, "This is how you do it." It's like you have to sit here and just break it. You have to sit there and break it. Well, uh, that's that's what you know right now. Well, no, like, that's, that's what you know right now. Like maybe you can use like a freeze spell. And uh, maybe you, your damage your map makes a damage maybe. double, and then you do normal attack. Yeah. Like I something like that. But you don't. You <laughs> as far as you know. It's a test of metal. Yeah, I got it. Another thing I like about this game is that the boss fights are good. The dungeons are fun. Uh, just there's just a lot of good, some of the dungeons, man, are just just a blast to go through. And it would be really fun if I was going through with actual friends, not just randoms. But another good part about this game is that you can do everything in this game match made. You can match make with anybody uh, within this game to go in. You could do it solo to get the challenge of being solo, or you could do it with two, three, or four people. Uh, so it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. So that's what I've been playing. I've been playing 70 hours of of Lost Ark, and I'm going to do more when I get done with this podcast. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been playing. So I think we're going to get the uh, the Battlefield stuff out of the way, Sarge. And I made I made a brand new I made a brand new thing just for the segment. But before I get to that segment, Uh-oh. it's time. It's time for the top stories. So I have to just get my ready. All right. Top stories. Story number one. Story number one is Battlefield. Now, when we talk about Battlefield, Sarge, we, we, last week we sang the tune. Okay? This week we don't have to sing the tune, yeah. Sarge. I made something perfect for it. Know. And here is Battlefield News. Is it? Is it? Does it sound like Tiddlywinks? It, it might be loud, guys. I'm sorry if it is. I didn't get the. I made it. I made it right before the show. <laughs> right? It's it's perfect. It's perfect, right? Tell me it's not perfect. <laughs> Tell me, tell me that's not perfect, Sarge. I said, you know what? Let me put, let me put some, let me put some flames on it. Let me, let me, let me do some stuff. Sarge is, Sarge, uh, his computer broke. He, I can't even see. He's just laughing. I can't hear him. He's. <laughs> he's I, I turned it down. I didn't want to <laughs> laugh into the mic. I turned it down. Uh, okay. I turned it down. Yeah. I didn't want to laugh into the mic. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's perfect. Um. So. The first uh, first segment oh my of this is Beta Field 2076 refund petition passed 200,000 signatures. Now, the petition urging Electronic Arts to refund dissatisfied Battlefield, I'm sorry, Battle, Beta Field 2076 players rapidly gaining support from the game's community. Now, uh, the petition is over 200,000, but it first revealed that during E3 2021, Beta Field 2076 looked be the next evolution in multiplayer first-person shooter games no it didn't no it didn't i i knew what it was i alone and sarge alone knew okay ditching the historic setting of battlefield one battlefield five and ea and dice new battlefield installment recalled shades of the massive modern warfare conflicts of battlefield three and four okay yeah (laughs) 
Okay, so the petition, okay, they want to hit 300,000, and right now they're at 208,000. And this was a couple, was this was this earlier today? When was this? Uh, this is six hours ago, six hours ago. So they're at 208,000 of 300 signatures. This petition becomes the top signed on change.org. Now, part of the outrage stems from EA's fairly obtuse refund policy. The, pu- the publisher PC Gaming Hub, Origins, first began issuing refunds back in 2013. But a player may only be granted one if they meet certain requirements. The same, uh, the same could be said for Valve's Steam, though the outlet refunded policy tends to be a bit more forgiving. Additionally, those who purchase Battlefield 2042 physically, uh, though the third-party marketplace, will have more hurdles with each of the con. Uh, uh, con- I, I don't. I, 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 my brain just went off. Should wish refund their purchase. Ultimately, it's hard to say that the fans-generated refund push will result in substantial change. Da, uh, Dice has issued a statement asserting the major fixes are at the horizon in Battlefield 2042's first official season, and now has been delayed by several months. So that's fairly the big thing for the live service product to put off. Should Dice be too slow to delivering updates and remains that the game is rapidly shrinking player base may disappear entirely. In fact, many players have already returned to previous Battlefield installments, causing the player count uh, uh, older games like Battlefield 1 and Battlefield 5 to have higher concurrent player counts. Now, let me check out what what the concurrent. uh, Let me see. That's a Battlefield 2042 uh, Steam charts. Let's see what they're at right now. Charge. Let me see what they're at right now. They're at 2,502. 2,502 spread across. Uh, if there's 120 players, 128 players per server, there's only 10 servers running right now uh, throughout the whole the whole game, correct? And one guy who's doing the whole region from South Africa from last week. I can't hear you, Sarge. You're, you're, you're muted. <laughs> no, 10, 10, yeah. 10 servers, only 1,000 people. He's... Oh, 20 servers. right. 20 servers with one server yeah. from uh, from South Africa. And, and, and the one dude in South Africa who's running the show. Running, running the show over there. Him. Yeah. You can't forget about that guy. Okay. Matter of fact, I think we should reach out to him. I know it's random every week, but we should reach out. <laughs> we should reach out to the guy in South Africa and send. You know what? You send him the pins. I'll send him the pins. You're going to send him the pins. I'll send him, I'll send him the pins. You'll, you'll take that back like, after, you, after you figure out how much, the, how much the shipping is to get to South Africa. <laughs> You'll just take a picture and send it to them digitally uh, as an NFT. Okay. So the next segment to this Battlefield fiasco here, Sarge, is Battlefield franchise undergoes a major shakeup. Major shakeup for for Battlefield. Okay. The future set military shooter launched in November and was swiftly criticized for lack of features. Okay. Additionally, Dice GM is leaving the company to pursue. Rephrase. Rephrase. No. No, no, no. Rephrase the statement. Lack of features is an incorrect statement. Well, that's what it leaving says. out. Yeah, well, the leaving out, leaving out current yeah. features. Yes, current Not, features. Yeah, that's different. The verbiage matters. That's saying that there was stuff that was missing because they just could, you know, stuff that's supposed to be in the game. Standard features were right. not there. Right. That's different. The verbiage needs to be correct. Well, okay, so the shakeup also includes response Vince Zampella. Uh, talking on uh, a bigger role's new overall boss for Battlefield franchise. Now, while Halo designer Marcus Leto is building a new development team in Seattle focused on injecting more storytelling in Battlefield universe, okay, Ripple Effect, the developer of Battlefield 2042's Portal Mode, is developing a new Battlefield experience in Battlefield 2042 universe as well. Now, 
Asleto and the man who designed Master Chief and played a major role in making Halo what it is today, he's heading up a new unnamed studio in Seattle where they will collaborate with DICE and Ripple Effect with the aim to expand the narrative storytelling and character development opportunities for Battlefield series. There's no word yet what it's what this means in terms of specific products or strategies, however. And we the, know exactly the, what it means. In the big shift, Battlefield 24 did not have a single-player mode, instead opting for focus for three main multiple pillars, All-Out Warfare, Portal, and Hazard Zone, which... All, all of all of them are, are we terrible. We know exactly what that means. Okay. We know exactly what that means. They're going to try to make Overwatch inside Battlefield. They want to tell stories about their operatives, right? And try to build the operatives from the ground up. We yeah. know what that means. This, this is this is going to be. We know what that means. This, this I say farewell to me is is that I will not support EA Dice with a Battlefield game until I know that they're actually going back to a battlefield game okay like an actual listen, like they, the listen, core of battlefield have, they could have changed the name and did anything you want with it they didn't want to change the name they wanted to keep the hype up for the actual name they wanted to change the core fundamental mechanics of the game and still call it battlefield right which is redonkulous right it's not battlefield without the core mechanics you left out all the core mechanics yeah. Yeah. and you left out the basics of the game. And then you still wanted to call it battlefield because you figured that if you slapped a sign on it, played the music, everyone would all get crazy yeah. and want to buy it. The answer is this. That's your answer. Yeah. That's your answer. Right. And the fact, and the fact that they had the balls and I, and I, I watched the video and I read the article, the fact that they had the balls to say that COVID was the reason why the game didn't succeed. COVID. Well, COVID we'll, we'll was get to that. Don't, don't jump ahead. Right? Don't jump ahead. Uh, it's part of the same story. It's yeah. part of the same story. We're jumping ahead. This is the same story. They blamed COVID. You could have postponed that game any time you Well, well, this is this is how they're blaming. They're blaming they're blaming COVID anytime. and they're also blaming Halo Infinite, okay? Now, it says that there's no secret that Battlefield 2042 uh, bombed horribly among all the player base. Those frustrated got them, uh, you know, petition asking for refunds. Now, EA is pinning the blame for the game's failure on COVID-19 pandemic and Halo Infinite. According to executive report, Tom Henderson, our good old friend Tom Henderson, not really our friend, but we talk about him so much, it's like I know him. EA allegedly held a town hall meeting yesterday to discuss how the launch of Battlefield 2042 went wrong. The chief studio officer, Alora, uh, cited that the top technical the top the top technical <laughs> difficulties with Frostbite were with Frostbite Engine. Developer had trouble adjusting to the work from home environment thrusted upon them by the pandemic, and added up all the new innovations and all the ambitions of of for the new project. When you add up the global pandemic halfway into the project, there uh, where the where the game teams had to work from home, we ended up with the new variables in development. And we were ever experienced before, she said. Now you could have you could have delayed it. You could have said, "Hey, we need more time." You could have said anything, any time, right? Any time. It says during the beta testing stage, the amount of bugs reported after launch reached historical levels for Dice Game, which made Halo Infinite Halo look Club. better by comparison. She did not appreciate the comparison because the surprise release of Halo Infinite was more polished than Battlefield 2042, which she admitted hurt the sales. Now think about this for a second. Yeah, they released please, the multiplayer. Play out the work. Yeah, they ahead. released the multiplayer for Halo one month earlier. Okay, but we all knew Halo was coming out 
three weeks later, right? We all knew that it was coming out three weeks later. So because they were playing a free-to-play game, they decided that they didn't want to play Battlefield because of reasons, right? They're like, well, I'm playing Halo. That's I don't want to play that's Battlefield. That's that's basically that's what they're saying, right? And because they... That's a crock of shit. But, but think about this. Think about this. Their game was coming out three weeks after that, right? They They released the game... Like, the beta was a month before the beta launched, or before the game launched, and it was a buggy freaking mess, and there were so many bugs, so many problems, so many, so many, right? So many problems that they're surprised hey, that Halo was coming out. So many reasons. Yeah. So many reasons. So many reasons. Okay. Yeah. First, first of all, first of all, bullshit. Bullshit with a capital B-U-L-L-S-H-I-T. All of it. Bullshit capital okay if you believe that you think that halo stifled the sales of battle Betafield 76 you are on crack right okay there's something wrong with you they cannot sit in their own spot and own a failure they can't own it right they have to blame and point as many fingers everything and and every reason instead of owning what it was the game was shit on arrival had no features from the games ever in the past. Shooting mechanics were crap because we know they can make shooting mechanics. We want to know maps, why. Maps were boring. Yep. Utterly butter smooth. But uh, that buttery smooth. The maps. Gunplay. The maps were were not very designed very well. They're bare. They're like very open. You can point whatever direction you want. They refuse to own a failure. They don't. They can't. They cannot sit in their own shit and and just own it. It's bullshit. You have to be mentally incapacitated or been hit in the head too many times if you believe the statement that came out of their mouth. Yeah, you have to be. I'm sorry, right? You created the game. You had every moment to say no. It's not good. We're gonna delay it, right? And the fact that three two three did it means that three four three EA could have did it any time. Anytime they could have did it, but they decided not to. Why? Because the gamble of the hype is too high. I'm allowed to push whatever I want to push, and I can get those little those little wackadoos to yeah. buy whatever I want. I yeah. can get them to buy whatever I want, just as long as we get the hype train going. It, and they're and and by the way, they failed on that too. They failed on the hype train to sell me a shitty product. Yeah. And then after the failure of the hype train. You're left with your own reasons, your own decisions, and you still, you still can't own it. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Go no, fuck it's, yourself. It's 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 terrible, right? They 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 Go literally they literally blame they literally blame everybody and anything everybody. that they can instead of going hey they they had all hands on deck remember all hands on oh, deck all hands bro all of them all of them. And, and to me, it, 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 that is just being naive. Like, you're naive if you think that, that it's it's Halo's fault I'm for coming out listening. early. I'm just, right? I'm just Remember, done listening to the shit. I'm th- done. Think bro. about what I'm Halo done. did, right? It makes Halo look a lot better because Halo delayed it for a year. Halo delayed it for a year, and yet it's still not done, okay? Because they're still waiting That's for correct. features. So what is that? Right? So what does that say? What does that say? It, 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 it means, means Battlefield should have been... Should have been another year. Your process, that's right. Your process for making a game based on the, the number of employees that you have working on a game 
inside of listen inside of a pandemic or not this shit was going on before pandemic now they're blaming pandemic so it doesn't matter what you think you want to use the excuse should i wait another two years and then when they come out of the shitty game do you still get to blame the pandemic right i'm curious in two more years do you still get to blame the pandemic is that going to be the answer for everything well sure because when they come out with the next battlefield let's say two years from now and they go well the last battlefield was was hindered by the COVID nineteen and blah blah blah. They'll, they'll they'll bring it up again. They'll bring it exactly up. Okay. Instead of saying all hands on deck and we dropped the ball because we we we, we took so many things like they took here's four things out of the game. I I don't need to say anything else. Here, answer ready. We already said fault. We know the reasons why it's at fault. If you as the individual, and when I say individual, I mean the company, not an individual person. You as the individual don't want to own up to your own failure that i can no longer support you right because all you're trying to tell me all you're trying you're to tell to my me face is lie yeah you're lying to my you're face you're lying to my face yeah so you you don't get my money a matter of fact you won't get my money anymore right i'll just put you on the list of companies that i don't give my money to anymore and we'll see how long that goes for we'll right. see how long it goes yeah. for so the last we'll thing we'll see how long before someone decides to buy ea We'll see how long it goes. The last thing for Battlefield is Battlefield 3 lead designer speaks on Battlefield 2042, and he's not impressed. Past, past designer. Yeah, past the designer. Past, that's why I said Battlefield 3 past designer. Yes. EA's yeah. own declaration past of Battlefield 2042 didn't meet expectations, but that is mostly a positive review. And stuff like 155,000 players signed a petition. This is before that. Now, in Battlefield 3, I understand the series is quite like uh, Battlefield 3 and Bad Company 2. Lead designer uh, back then, David uh, Goldfarb, uh, took to Twitter to ask some serious questions about the game's development process, really trying to understand why some of these design calls were made, he says. Why were there no smaller infantry maps? Why was 128 player count a thing that didn't seem seemingly have the accommodations for in, uh, infantry? Why were whole maps shipping without detailed art? Why was no one in control of quality over there? Who thought the experiences honored the Battlefield Sandbox experience and took it forward? Okay, Uh he concluded by saying the most astonished that they were were many missteps, even knowing the obstacles from a higher up. Okay. Though it's pretty damning statement from one of the key people behind two of the most beloved Battlefield entries, though he did concede that he was happy with it, to see Battlefield Bad Company 2 and Battlefield 3 revived in their own way through the portal mode, widely seen in the game's redeeming feature. Now, he also directed Payday 2, uh, still cares for series, and shared some thoughts on how he believes they can move forward. Now, the best thing for DICE next would be to make Battlefield 2143 and go forward in time and reclaim their mantle and combine the badassery that they built for the legacy alongside with really unique IP they created. Ultimately, they need to be able to develop a new IP to survive, right? And this is exactly what I said. I said this weeks ago. I said they have to create something new because they literally just shit and tarnish this whole fucking franchise. That's right? correct. That's correct. So here's one of their past lead designers looking at going, what the fuck did you just do? How did you make this? Right. And I talked about it today. Right. I have a video coming out tomorrow uh, about this. But like, I feel like Battlefield Bad Company 2, maybe Battlefield 3 was the peak. Right. Because it took them 12 months to fix Battlefield 3 and 18 months to fix Battlefield 4. I feel like that's technical wise, technically wise. With the with the with the the uh, levolution and the destruction and all the stuff, I felt like it hit a peak there, and then it started like dipping down a little bit. They took out features here and there for Battlefield One, right? There was less guns in Battlefield One. They they more more towards the story element, sort of like Bad Company Two, but it wasn't all 
it was like taking something out to put something in and then so on and so forth with Battlefield 5 and now Battlefield 2042. So this is uh this is sad and I like I said before I'm not going to support them anymore. They would have to they have to come back. It'll take at least at least 2 to 3 new Battlefield games to come out to someone to go, "Hey, they've actually turned it around," right? They have now and this is sad to me, okay? Because I used to be a big Call of Duty fan up until Modern Warfare, okay? Modern Warfare and I was a really big uh, Call of Duty fan, right? Mo yeah, Modern Warfare 2, okay? And then I stopped because I, I saw where they were going with it, and now we're in the exact same state 10 years later, okay, with Battlefield, right? I see where they're going. just not for me anymore. So you want to go for that other, pre other person's money by all, all means and just dump your whole player base that you had for the last 12 years, 15 years? Sure. There you go. See, well, how, that, see how that works out for you. Apparently, that doesn't mean anything to them. Shitting on an entire population of people who loved your game because you're trying to get another population of people to buy into the specialist fucking thing that they want to do. I guess, I guess it's okay. This is see, this is what I'm talking about. By the company doesn't care. If they cared, that game would have never released in that condition. They're making enough money based on other games yep. through microtransactions <laughs> or loot boxes that they can take a risk like this, shit it down the toilet, not care, and just come up with the next thing, and they don't go under. Yep. And they don't go under. We'll just go on to the next thing. This is the issue. This is the issue. I will force you to like my game, and if you don't like it, I'll find the group of people that do because right. I have the money in reserve to do what I want. Right. That's the difference. Right. It's not it's not about customers and supporting them anymore. It's a it's 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 about no. consuming consuming the product, not being a right. customer of the product. They're looking they're looking at a product and they have their little their little nerd analysts go through the whole thing and they say if we had the same breakdown as Overwatch or if we had the same breakdown as a different game and how much they're making, they say themselves well, if we can capture about 20% of that, not even the whole thing, just 20%, we right. would be making this much money. And so that's what they go for. They don't care about making a core game good to sell and then go from there. It's about trying to hem and haul the rest of the mechanics into the game and sell it to you for a premium. 20, 125, whatever the bonus things was. And it didn't work, right? But they still look you. They look you directly in the face, yeah. and they say and they lie to you. Not our fault. Not our fault. <clears throat> right. Not our fault. Yep. Nope. Not our fault. Well, okay. that is the end of the battlefield segment. So that's uh. Let me let me hit the the thing again. Horrible. Fucking horrible. I love it. I love it. All right. So the next the next story I want to talk about is Nintendo's closing the 3DS and Wii U shops in 2023 has no plans to offer classic content in any uh, in, in other ways. OK, now, as of May of 23, 2022 is no longer possible to use a credit card to add funds to the account of Nintendo eShop on Wii U or Nintendo 3DS family on system. As of August 29, 2022, it will no longer be possible to use a Nintendo eShop card to add funds to the account in Nintendo Shop or Wii U and Nintendo 3DS family systems. However, it will still be possible to redeem download codes until 
late March of 2023. Now, even after late March 2023 and for the foreseeable future, it will still be possible to re-download games and, de and download uh, downloadable content, receive software updates, and enjoy online play, online play with Wii U and Nintendo 3DS family of systems. Now, all this ex expected stuff of 3DS is 11 years old this year, and Wii U is 10, so digital stores closures were always going to happen sooner rather than later. What's shitty about this uh, closure is particular, though, is that the both shop fronts offer users the ability to purchase and then own many of the Nintendo's greatest ever titles. Now, something you're not largely un, uh, unable to do for, for since the company switched to subscription model with Nintendo Switch Online. Once it's no longer possible to purchase software in Nintendo eShop and Wii U, the Nintendo 3DS family system make classic games for past platforms will cease to be available for the purchase anywhere. Will you make a classic game available you own uh, other way? If not, then where? Then why? Does Nintendo have the obligation to preserve its classic games by con uh, continuously making available for purchase? Okay. We currently have no plans to offer classic content in, in, in any other way. It's an incredibly shitty thing to read because under zero circumstances is a su subscription-based model acceptable uh, substitution to actual owning a game. Especially while, uh, when the fact is not not as long after publishing this, Nintendo wiped the particular section of the Q and A's from their site. Go and check it now, and then it doesn't. Nintendo has the obligation to preserve its classic games. Okay, now on top of this, Sarge, before you answer uh, this, we have a tweet out from Video Game Historian Foundation. Okay, it says our statement to the closure of Nintendo's legacy digital shop. It says, while it's unfortunate that people won't be able to purchase digital 3DSs or Wii U games anymore, we understand the business reality, and we went into the decision that we, would, we, we don't understand in what path Nintendo expects its fans to take. Now, should they wish to play these games in the future as a paying member of the Entertainment Software Association, Nintendo actively funds lobbying and prevents even... Uh, libraries from being able to provide legal access to these games not providing commercial access to understandable but preventing institutions work to preserve these titles on top of that is actively destructive to the video game history which encourages the esa members like nintendo to rethink their position on its issues and working existing institutions to find a solution right they want to preserve these things just like it is now like a museum like like if you think 50 years from now you walk into a museum, you're not going to have any of these these games or anything because they're just all garbage, right? They're all gone. It's just all digital, right? Thanks, Gator. Thank you very much for uh, 14 months membership. Appreciate that very much. So what do you think, Sarge? What do you think about Nintendo? Obviously, it's 10, 11 years old for this stuff, but what do you think? I mean, this, this is just a, a glimpse of the future of all this digital stuff. There's... There's a lot to unpack here, so I'll try to be. I'm gonna try to remain neutral in the beginning. Okay, let's let's go back to the license agreement screen that everybody knows so well. That every time you turned on a game, the license agreement came on the screen, and your only option to play the game was to hit yes. Right? You didn't read it. You didn't call your friend, the lawyer, to read it to you. You didn't sign a contract. You clicked yes. Yes, I agree. Why did you click yes? You agree. Because that's the only way you could have played the game. Okay. So now, fast forward 15 years, the same license agreement comes up on the screen. The wording has changed. You don't know because all you want to do is play the fucking game. So you click yes as normal because you can't play the game 
unless you click yes. Right. And now you have basically said yes to whatever changes have happened over the past 15 right. years. So by legal or legal realm, it doesn't matter what they do about holding back the game, you not buying the game anymore, because you as an individual have already agreed that if the game doesn't work after a certain period of time, that you that's your agreement. Right. You that's you've your agreed agreement. To it. And see, those kind of those kind of license agreements to say yes in order to play a game and they can put in whatever they want in the background is bullshit. It's a bullshit statement, okay? Because there's no there's no way for you to pivot at all or disagree with it. Do you want to? I'm sorry. Do you want to play the game that you just spent sixty dollars for? Yes or no? And if I hit no, I yep. can't play the game. And then if I keep the game for more than a day, I can't return the game. Now I'm talking about I'm talking about the actual digital copy, not the that's a hard copy, right? I buy the game digitally. I say no to the the user agreement because I actually read it or had my lawyer friend read it. And then I find out that after after 18 months, if they stop putting the game out, I have no recourse. That's it. Right. Right. So they are so intent on keeping digital their only way and not selling it hard copy because God forbid you got to pay a middleman. I can't reap the rewards of selling a game and making 100% profit anymore. Right. Remember, kids, a digital copy, they pay no middleman, they Nothing. pay no shipping. Whatever no the shelf price space, of the game no is, shipping, no right. shelf space, no nothing. Whatever the price of the game is for digital is a hundred percent into their pocket. So now I just change the license, the, the user license agreement, and whatever it says, you guys click yes. It's not like you're going to click no. So what do you think the recourse is? When does consumer protection kick in? Well, when does the history? The, listen, the history of it is is irrelevant because that is like trying to put your foot in a vault door to try to stop it from closing, right? The history of the game, they don't give a shit because in in hindsight, they'll say, oh, right, the game from 20 years ago, nobody can buy anymore and we don't sell anymore. Right. Well, we'll just make a compilation thing and we'll sell it to yeah. you for $50. Yeah, on, on our right? live service Instead game, of, right? Our right, subscription another, service. Another $50 yeah. on top of the game yeah. as opposed to the game I actually bought 10 years ago, which is still mine, which I can't play because it's always online and your assistant doesn't recognize my online version. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Yep. I right? think, I think apparently, I, apparently I'm only allowed to love a game for 18 months. And then after that, that, I have that. to treat it like every other girlfriend I've had after 40. Yeah. <laughs> one and done. One and done. One and done. Yeah. That's it. That's how you want me to treat it. Right. I buy the game. I play it. If I don't finish it in time, too fucking bad out that's it yeah. that's what you want that's what they want the joke man right everybody's gotta wake up wake up yeah it's, wake it, up it's just gonna it's just gonna get worse and worse as it, of course it all, get worse because more digital less physical it's all digital right well no you can still well right it is even with the physical it's still digital you're right because it's it's accessing the online i, I say yes yeah. to my hard copy but it has to be online yep so when the online version doesn't work on their servers anymore, then I can't get on, even though yep. it's a single player game offline. What? Why? Why? Yeah, why well, I was I, I was I paid for it. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Thirty. Did you click yes on playing the game? Did you yeah. click on that yes for playing the? Oh, well then you have no recourse. Right. You have no recourse. Uh, you hit the you hit the button. You hit the button. You sorry. Hit yes. You sorry. Hit yes. No recourse. You, you agreed. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it. it's 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 a sad it's sad, but I do taking the the last bit here with the with the historians is saying right like Nintendo doesn't even let libraries 
have these games, right? Even though library right. makes no money off of it, right? They right. They, they they don't want right. they don't want they don't want people owning the physical disc that they can still play, right? And they don't even have a copy of like someone right now in the in the museum is taking a Switch and taking the Wii and taking the Wii U and the 3DS and they're making sure that this thing lasts because that's the last one you'll see where they can actually play the games and it'll be behind a glass case and be like, look, this is where Kirby, the last the last Kirby game was ever created in physical form, right? This this is what it is. It's sad. It is sad that they're, that they're going. Uh, what do you guys think, chat? Uh, and I'm asking this for the YouTube comment section as well. Um, are you okay by just hitting okay and not owning the games anymore and just renting the license of the game and all games that are online, regardless if it's single player or multiplayer or live service, it doesn't matter. Are you okay with not owning your games anymore and just renting them uh, and just not having any attachment to that anymore? Let me know in the comment section down below. Uh, let me know in chat as we're doing this, uh, this segment here. All right, so that's... Listen, I'm vindictive. I believe that this is video way of getting back at GameStop for the last 20 years. That's what I think this is. Yeah. Because, 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 of, because of the way digital works now, I basically get rid of GameStop. I control all the profit. I control if you play it or not, and then I can make you buy it again. Right? It's, a, it's a basically a quadruple fuck you to the gaming market. You basically <clears throat> run the entire middle portion of it. I can't sell my game to anybody. I have to keep it. It's got a life expectancy, right? They right. control the whole thing, the entire thing. Basically, to me, if I'm looking at it as a vindictive business person, this is the giant payback for 20 years of GameStop. Selling games and undercutting developers for 20 years, this is the payback. Yeah, And it is. It's 100% payback. <laughs> Duplo says, I still have my old Nintendo consoles and games. Correct. The old, old ones. But as the They're Wii U, as, as the Wii U, right? So if you owned a Wii U or a 3DS and any games that were online or you bought digital don't exist anymore. They won't exist anymore. You can't, you won't be able. And for your old system, we have our old systems, okay? Which is great as long as they work. If they don't work, then you're shit out of luck as well, right? So you have to find well, them. That's, but that's a different story. Oh, of course, right? of course. Time degrades things over time. You, that's why you're supposed to take care of things. Right. Just like a museum would take care of things. Okay? But let's also remember that a cartridge held up a lot better than a CD disc when you threw that thing around and it got scratched and it wouldn't work anymore. Meanwhile, a cartridge, we used to throw at each other like ninja stars and they would stick it to the drywall and you'd pop it back in and it would still work. Yep. So let's not pretend like the older stuff will last longer because it's built to last. Whereas the newer stuff, erasure, erasures, it could be uh, corrupted. It's digital. It's a disc. It gets scratched. That's it. It's yep. over. Right. But the hmm. point still remains. If I sell a product as a business and I sell it for $60 digitally, the $60 is mine. Is mine. Right. So before the price increase, before the price increase to $70, just taking the normal amount of money that we sold games for for the last 10 years or so, $60, game companies have basically doubled their money by doing nothing. I've doubled my money. Right, by doing the exact same thing. Nothing. Yeah. Right, I've done exactly what I did before. I just don't sell hard copies. I've doubled my money. Yep. 
Now you want to add $10 on top of it, right? You would think that if it's digital and you collect the whole profit, that's the makeup. That's the difference in, oh, things are tougher now, James. Things are tougher now, Sarge. Uh, they have to keep the lights on. So they have to charge double for their games, right? Like that's an actual thing coming out of your fucking mouth, right? right? You think that the gaming companies during a time of a recession were at 7% inflation rate. You think doubling the price of the game is the only way they can survive. Yeah, well, this is this week's uh, Vagoda, you know, uh, the 3DS and the uh, and the Wii U online. Here it is. It's, sorry, but you uh, you've been Vagodaed. You've been Vagodaed. Well, it's sad, but what true? Sad but true. Uh, here's my prostate. Uh, thanks for playing, kids. Here, uh, uh, who am I? Why am I here? The next story I want to talk about, next story I want to talk about is, uh, let's see, hundreds, speaking of physical, physical discs and, and cartridges, start, hundreds of sealed Super NES games found in a storage facility, okay, mounds of unopened, mounds, that's the, that's the word, mounds of unopened NES games along with Sega and 3DO games may have been sitting in Nebraska's storage facility since 1994. In a, in a world... Is it for sale? In a world, okay, with thousands of copies of infamous Atari 2600 games, E.T. and New Mexico Desert, nothing is off the table when it comes to finding treasure troves of classic games. The sheer number of physical games floating around the online shows that the door is open so long as people search for the right places. It appears that another such trove is now out in the open after discovering thousands of classic titles of Super NES, 3DO, and Sega platforms in Nebraska's storage facility. Nebraska-based game reseller Games Room shared a discover of his, of his official YouTube page, offering viewers a quick glimpse of the storeroom that the games and systems were found in. Two Game Room staff members identified as Chris and John are seen in the video exploring the store, storehouse, saying that the games were likely left alone uh, since 1994, after a local video game shop closed down and puts its remaining stock into storage. Initial finds were uh, predominantly games like Madden 94, NBA Jam, which were commonly available at these times of release. And Chris and John are later seen in organized tubs of Super NES and 3DO, Genesis, Saturn, Sega CD, and a pair of uh, retired most of what they found were widely available games, and there were still plenty of unopened gems to make up for it, include Teenage Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time, Sunset Riders of Super NES. And however, the crown jewel of this game, uh, Horde, is revealed to be an unopened copy of Chrono uh, Trigger, Chrono Trigger uh, for Super NES, which is a good condition, can run as well over $2,400. Uh, IGN reached out to Game Room to ask about the plans for the collection, which store said it would be announced after it's done collecting, preserving, and documenting the full collection. The store did not say that the games would be graded by official grader of WATA or VGA, which uh, could significantly increase the price. Now, a treasure trove like this is a dream find for any lover of Nintendo uh, video games, especially those interested in the rise of home console companies like Nintendo and Sega. Those games are essential and are a snapshot of respective era and what the popular are hard. Now, after reading a story about them taking away digital games you don't own them anymore it just drives up the value of like stuff like this for our generation yeah. right well also mike milky says unopened and back then milky you have to understand back in the day they didn't have the games open with the disc behind the counter like they do now in gamestop the game was full and they yeah. had like a picture of the game on the shelf and you gave them the picture you they would give you the full game in the box 
and then they put the picture back on the shelf. Like that's what it was. There, the games were sealed completely. There wasn't like your disc was out and they put the disc back inside the cartridge right. or, or back inside the container. The game was sealed. You got a sealed game. Period. Yeah, they would. Always, they, GameStop used to just be a picture, and then yep. they, they would get it from behind the from the counter. It was sealed. Right. That's correct. And it now, sealed game. Yeah, so now, if those are from the if that's from '94, those games are sealed, completely sealed, shrink wrapped, and everything. I think that's cool. I think that's cool. I mean, we have you have. I mean, they're not unopened. We have all our games though. It's cool. Like I like I like going back to my parents' house every once in a while, and then just open that drawer and see all the games and all the stuff that that was there. Right. It's cool. Actually, next time we're down there, I, sh- I should probably. I should probably play a game with my son. We should hook up the old Nintendo and let him play it. I think you get a kick out of that. Well, well, I'll tell you what. We'll see if it works. And if it doesn't work, we've got to buy the cables. Oh, yeah. We've got to see if we can buy some cables. <clears throat> so, that, that man, if I... It, think about Imagine the, how big that, how big, how many games, a whole game store? Mounds. A whole game store? Mounds. Yeah, of it. yeah most of them is yeah. shitty, like Madden 94. Whatever, man. Shitty games have been around forever, but they're no, sealed. No, I know. I know. I mean, collectors, collectors would Monster buy. Monster League Hockey, right? Monster League yeah. Hockey, Monster League Football. 94 was a good year for all that crazy Good hockey. Shit. Good hockey that year. Yep. NHL yeah. 94, yeah. NHL 94. Uh, guy like Street Fighter and stuff like that. Oh, yep. I think. Yep. Hold up. Let me look. Let me look. I wonder. I wonder. Let's see. Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball. I what think you, that was 93. Baseball uh, and N64. When, when did it come out? Let's see. Uh, release date. 98. 98 on the N64. 98? On the N64. 94. 94 uh, for, the, for the Super NES. Yeah. Yeah. So they have the old, the old, the original one. 94, yep. yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. On the Super NES. On the Super NES. Yeah, so they, they would have that. We, I still have mine, right? I still have it. That one's there. And Griffey? Yeah. For I sh- sure. Yeah, I, sh- I should have both of them. I should have the one for Super NES and 64. I, should, I, should... I don't know. I don't know if you have it for 64. Oh, I did. That's the one I would, that's the one I would uh, know. No, all... The one you used to kick my ass in was the Super Nintendo. Absolutely, the Super Nintendo. No, it was a sixty-four. Up to left, to, up to left, to right, to. I remember, oh I remember, I remember. I had it for sixty-four as well. I had two, two, two versions. I had. I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at the covers. I had both of them, one hundred percent. All right, next story. Uh, no, that's that's going to be an NFT thing. Let me see here. Let's talk about. Let's talk about uh, Uncharted. Uncharted, not the video game, but the movie. Okay. The movie, Uncharted, Tom Holland's a long-awaited Uncharted is projected to open to $27 million over the three days, okay, and $30 million over the long weekend, which is this weekend. It's not out yet, okay? I thought, I, thought it, I thought it was already out, but it's not. It's, this is the long weekend. Is it, is it President's Day? What's the long weekend? Yeah, it's President's Day. Yeah. Okay. Twenty-seven. If it's if it's if it's only thirty million dollars, let let's let's put it in perspective here. Let me let me bring up uh, let's bring up the phenomenon that is uh, Spider-Man. Okay, 
which is another Tom Holland film. Okay. Now, Tom Holland opening day made $260 million. Okay. Opening, opening. Okay. Now, <clears throat> to make $30 million over the long weekend, that, that's a bomb. Okay. Now, if it does make the $30 million, it's potentially let me let me let me look at another movie that everyone thought was the greatest movie ever created. So diverse, Shang Chi. Now Shang Chi made seventy five million dollars. Think about that on opening domestic opening was seventy five million. Okay, they're thinking that this movie is only going to make thirty million dollars this opening weekend. Why? I don't know. Okay. The trailers, have you seen the trailers? Is it, is, is it because they casted the wrong people? Uh, is it because Tom Holland is the guy that's not, he should not be? I, I mean, I believe that that Mark Wahlberg should have been Nathan Drake. Like, he doesn't look like Sully. He looks like Nathan Drake, and Tom Holland looks like a young Nathan Drake, but it's just weird. Maybe there's time travel involved. So it says this weekend sees a long-awaited debut of Sony's Uncharted, and early box office projections say it would be open higher than Mortal Kombat, which... Combat sucked balls. I don't know why, why you would you, even compare. Why do you relate it to that? Yeah, why would you even compare it to that? Okay. So, chat, what did you guys think of the trailer? I looked at it, and it didn't get me excited. I didn't think it was shit, but I'm not going to go watch it in theaters. It was Jungle Cruise, but worse. Jungle Cruise is actually pretty good. That's why I said. It's Jungle Cruise, but worse. But worse, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, let's, uh, let, me, let, me look at, let me look that up for a second. Let me look up what Jungle Cruise made. Okay. What did Jungle Cruise make? Jungle Cruise made a total of up oh, $35 million. So there you go. It's like look right there, Sarge. It's Jungle Cruise, but worse. $35 million for Jungle Cruise, $30 million for Uncharted. So what does it come out? Does it come out Thursday, Friday? What are we counting? Uh it comes out, it comes out uh I think it might be tonight. Uncharted uh, might, might might come out tonight. All right, let's see what happens. Feb uh, oh wait, I'm sorry. It already came out February 10th internationally. It made 21 million dollars on February 10th. That's not good. That's no, not good. That's that's terrible. But then, but then again, Europeans don't like our movies anyway. Yeah, but that's one because Europeans Europeans don't know what Uncharted is. That's in nine different countries. It made 21 million dollars. That's not good. That's not that's that's bad. So, I don't know. I don't think it's going to do very good. Um, we'll see what happens. What's it the chat seems saying? Like it's got, it seems like it's got Indiana Jones Crystal Skull vibes is what it seems like. It Ooh, I, see, I don't know what that is. Uh, what, what movie are you speaking of? I, I, I don't I, know. I've never, I've never seen it. Didn't even know it existed, Sarge. Is that the uh, an Indiana Jones movie? Listen, here, here's, here's the new rule to follow. Here's, honestly, here's the new rule to follow. If you're going to make a video game movie, right? And the video game you're making the, mo the the movie you're making about the video game isn't at least 10 years old and people still love it, don't bother. Don't bother. I I think with games the like the IP, the IP has to be strong across multiple generations in order for people to recognize it, want to see it as a film and like it enough that they want to they want to engage with it. Like if you did a Mass Effect movie, it would do well. If you did a Halo movie, it would do well. But these movies that they come out with for one game, and the second game came out and it became a woke disaster, 
okay? It, and you want that to be the movie. You're not going to get what you think. You're just not. I I think that Uncharted will do exactly what Tomb Raider did. The to- the new Tomb Raider movie that came out in 2018, okay? The reboot one made yeah. a total domestic-wise total of the lifespan of the movie. This is before pandemic. This is before we even had a a, a pandemic. Before we even thought we were getting sick. This is 2018. It made $58 million domestically total. Total. It made $260 million internationally for a combined total of $274 million total. I feel like that's what Uncharted is going to do. But but what's the IP? Well, it's Tomb Raider. The IP is Tomb Raider. How long has Tomb Raider been around? But here, the reason I'm bringing this up, I feel like movies like... And Tomb Raider's been out already. Yeah, I feel like Angelina Jolie yeah. did Tomb Raider. Yeah, I, I feel like I so you're feel trying like to, you're trying to do a rehash of a fucking video game movie. Well, think about that, guys, for a second. You're trying to rehash a video game movie. Yeah, but even the, Angelina the Jolie's movie only made it made almost the exact same amount of money. It made one million dollars less than the new one. I'm aware, but what I'm saying is, you are trying to remake a movie about a video game. Video game movies are the high-risk movies of all time. They're half of them going to suck. More than half yeah. suck. And you did a redo of a video yeah, game movie. Here, That's how desperate you were. Here's the problem with video game movies. When you do a movie like Uncharted or Tomb Raider, the game itself was like a movie. Right? The game itself was... You were playing a movie. You are playing the main character in that movie. So if they come out with a movie like Kratos for God of War or they do something along the lines of Uncharted again and Tomb Raider, they're not going to be good movies because you literally can play the fucking movie, right? Like, don't get me wrong. Sure, someone's like, oh man, God of War movie would be awesome. Would it, though? Like, the video game is pretty fucking badass, right? And I would rather play the game than sit two hours in the movie and go, eh, it's sort of like the game. It's sort of like this, but it's it's not, right? And, and a lot of these games don't need, okay, don't need to be a movie because the game itself is much better than a movie because you're playing for 8, 10, 12, 20 hours of these long, detailed stories with cinematics and all this other stuff, and you get to control it. <coughs> so, I don't know. I don't think it's going to do very well. I think it'll be around $270 million, under $300 million. It's going to lose money. Tomb Raider, or not Tomb Raider, Uncharted will lose money for Sony. But once again, they don't care, man. Apparently, they've got enough money in the bank that they can make 47 shitty movies in a row. Right? Think of all the shitty movies that have come out in the last four or five years. Remakes on top of remakes, on top of crappy movie, on top of crappy movie. And they're like, hey, we're going to make another one. Right? Apparently, the profit margin for movies is a lot higher than what we believe to be because I can't understand how you can release this much crap in such a short amount of time and the theater is still, is still working, right? Meanwhile, back in the 80s, if you released two, two bad movies in a row, your company was swallowed up and somebody else bought you out. That's why in the 90s and 2000s, when they showed a movie in the beginning, you had nine company names come up because someone bought someone else and bought someone else and bought someone else right. and bought someone right. else. It's like... The, the actual the beginning of the movie took an extra three minutes because they had to show you who bought who. Animal Crossing movie, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, let's stay in the in their entertainment section here, okay? So, Halo coming out on uh, coming out on Paramount Plus. 
no one no one knows because no one actually has Paramount Plus. But you know, let, let let me know if anyone they believe they they believe that a woke Halo game is enable to buy movie. Paramount, which movie. I think is hilarious. Well, it's so good, Sarge. The Halo TV series is so good that they've already yep. renewed for a second season before anyone has seen the series. I, I need to understand that. Explain that to me. Somebody from the TV world in chat, call your friend. I want to know how that works. I haven't seen one frame of the series yet, and it gets picked up for a second season. What kind of gift of the gab does your guy have when he tries to sell a show to somebody that he can get the company to buy a second season before they saw the first? I mean, I would love to meet that guy. I would love to meet that guy. What are you talking about that you make people believe that that's strongly that you need to have it? Well, I haven't seen one frame yet. Here, here, I sold the second season already. Here, here's I'm the fucking man. Here's a funny part. Okay, the, I'm the, the man. The next, the next title of this. Talk about this. Same story, right? Halo's second season already renewed for second season, and yet Halo TV show launch could be blocked by a lawsuit from the game's original composer. Okay, so think about this. Them? They even, they even, yeah, Marty O'Donnell, right? They already renewed for a second season, and yet this dude's like, hey, uh, you might not be able to show the first season, right? Because uh, you got, you got to pay me. Okay, so the original yeah. composer is suing Microsoft and could block the upcoming release of Halo TV show. Earlier today, Eurogamer published an extensive report uh, of a former Halo composer, Marty O'Donnell, legal battle with Microsoft over unpaid royalties. The report reveals that O'Donnell originally filed a lawsuit against Microsoft over unpaid royalties in June of 2020, but has been set for next week and could well go over the court if no agreement is reached. What really interesting, however, is O'Donnell could theoretically block the release of Paramount's Halo TV adaptation. O'Donnell was reportedly instructed by his lawyers to look into blocking the upcoming launch of his TV show with the injunction due to the fact that Paramount has already used music O'Donnell's created for Halo. Of course they did. It's one of the most popular songs ever created. Okay. Promotional material without crediting him. Why? Why? Here's what I don't understand. Here's why I don't understand. What do, you mean, you why? With, what do you mean you why? What do you mean why, Dupless? The man wrote the music. He needs to get credit for his music. Music doesn't work as a one and done type of thing. He's the owner and he gets paid royalties on this. They're using his stuff, not giving him credit because these companies are scumbags, man. They're yeah. scumbags. Whatever they, you can get away with. Right. Whatever you can get away with, they will okay. try. So the legal battle, former composer, talks about getting blocked, the TV series, and definitely developing a story to keep an eye over the coming weeks and months. As for Halo TV show, there's not much time left until it comes out. The show hits Paramount's streaming service next month on March 24th. And I'm, let me tell you something. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, Sarge, that their, their lawyers at Paramount are like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just show the episodes. We'll, we'll be fine. And they'll, they'll go about doing it. Okay, without paying him, without giving him credit, or what they'll do is they're like, "Oh, we'll just we'll just throw his name in and give him credit." But if they give him credit, they have to give him money as well. Okay, so I don't know how they're going to go about this. And you know what? I kind of hope Marty O'Donnell wins because people need to respect the art. I don't care if you took a camcorder video camera and filmed something, and someone used that footage. 
They better give you credit and they better pay you for that footage. That's how it works. Okay. You have to pay the people that created the stuff that you're using. I don't care if someone redid the music of Halo. They still have to give credit to the proper person who literally wrote and composed the actual music. It's like Vanilla Ice. It's like, it's the same fucking song. You just ripped it. Yeah. It's Queen. Yeah. Straight up Queen. Straight up Queen. No, no. That's it's correct. just a da 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 da. Yeah. Right? It's in the fifth. It's in the fifth instead of a sixth. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. They, 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 they have to pay these people. Right. Disney does this all the time. Disney doesn't give credit to anybody that's uh, the artists, the musicians, nobody. Anyone that owns the IP of certain things, they try to just shove them underneath the rug because they don't want to pay royalties on the characters. Right. Nope. They do this nope. all the time, okay? Because they want to get all that money, right? Think of it as the video game industry as digital, right? They they don't want to pay the, the stocking fee and the shelf space and the gas. That's correct. They just they want to milk all that money for all the stuff, and then they make it look like this guy's the bad guy. Well, Mario Donald is being an asshole because he doesn't want us to. He's a racist. Yeah, yeah. He's a racist. Because he doesn't want us to use the white supremacist. He's trying to stop. You guys from seeing this awesome show because we don't want to pay him his past due bills. I mean, that's not what I said. Take that back. I didn't mean to say that last part. Right? It's like, what are you talking about? Pay pay the dude. Right? He's not he's not being credited and they're not paying him his money. If you credit him, you gotta pay him. Uh, I, I, I hope he wins and I hope he wins and Halo's in limbo. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I hope the Paramount show's in limbo, honestly. Right, make new exactly, Buck. Right, Buck says, tell them to kick rocks and make new music, or pay the outrageous amount of money. Hold that shit hostage all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Right, because yes. that that's your options. Right, go ahead, go ahead, make a Halo show, and not play the Halo theme. See how that works out for you. I know they'll. Mm-hmm, I know they'll play the battlefield music. <laughs> Right? They'll play Halo in the recorder aspect of it. Fucking people, man. I I hate corporations like this. I hate when they try to get around shit like this and not give credit for people. I I had to deal with this in the in the in the making, film industry. Making a show is expensive, bro. I had to deal with making this. Making a show is expensive. Okay, so get this shit. I was working on a film, a, a television show, and the guy who was the camera operator for the show, they fired him. And they brought me in, okay, halfway through the season. I filmed eight episodes. Eight episodes. When it came time to air, they never gave me credit for the eight episodes. They put the camera guy who was originally in the show, okay? I was like, where's my credit? And they look at it and go, that's not a big deal. It is a big deal because that's my job. That's my next job. What did you do? Why? How come you're missing a spot between uh, 2012 and 2014? Well, I, I worked on a well, show, but they, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. Right. No big deal that I worked for this company. Yeah. It's no big deal. I have a fucking paycheck that says what I worked on. Put my name in the credits. Put it in there. If it's not a big deal, then fucking retract it and put my name in there. Right? They won't do it, though. They won't do it. Right? Because they have certain deals in place with certain people. Union, non-union, and all this other stuff. Right? Uh, it's all bullshit. It's all fucking political bullshit, uh, hierarchy and stuff behind the scenes, and because of money. They're like, well, if we put his name as the first uh, first AC, then we're going to have to give him more money. 
So That's we'll, correct. we'll give him a PA spot instead. And uh, we'll, we'll give him a bagel every morning because, right? That's, that's what they do. That's the type of stuff they do in this industry. Okay. Or they molest you. And then they, they, they try it, to. Is it, is it a. Is it a good bagel? Is it an everything bagel? It's, it's an everything bagel. It's from from right. New York. It, well, yeah, if it's, so it's, if it's an everything bagel, yep. then then it's worth it. You know, if it's just like a regular cinnamon raisin bagel, fuck you. Yeah, an everything bagel, I'll take it. So, congratulations for Halo getting a second season before I before anyone sees any anything of it. It's a joke, bro. You know what? You know you know what? You know what that power play is? I'll tell you what that power play is. The power play is advertising that it gets a second season makes people want to watch it more. Yes, because they, that's because exactly they why they do that. That's exactly yeah. why they do that. Hey, let's do a public, uh, pub, uh, public uh, interview where we're saying we got a second season already. Oh, he's got a second season? It must be good. It must be good. It must be great. Because right? my brain doesn't work on oxygen and food. That's right. It runs on faith and love. <laughs> F you pay me. Great saying. That's right. All right. Next story. Next story. Got... We got Sony, PlayStation 5's greatest enemy for Sony is not Xbox, okay? It's Sony itself, okay? So, oh, this is the guy in charge of Sony. <laughs> Come on. Okay, so what a year it's been, and we're barely a month into 2022, and we've already been acquisitions, uh, boatloads, PlayStation version of the Game Pass. It's even half decent, Nintendo Direct, Microsoft Aggressive Tactics, okay? At risk of jumping. On the bandwagon. I also want to talk. This is this article comes from uh, Metro. Uh, okay, Metro. Uh, dot co. Okay, he says the idea of Sony's ignorant uh, ignorance or arrogance. Sorry, is well known and uh, insult, but it's one that is not earned without reason. Even the guiltiest culprits, Phil Harrison and Kaz, are no longer involved with PlayStation during the PlayStation Three era. Particularly, they acted as if Sony has the undisputed king of video games and didn't matter what other companies did or tried to, to unthrone them, including selling more consoles than them. Sony clearly recognized it was a problem, and it led up to the PlayStation Four launch. As, as while you wouldn't necessarily call them a humble, but it did admit to the mistakes that they did uh, their uh, their best to ensure that they didn't repeat themselves with the PlayStation 5 and arrogance. Now, it hasn't returned as so much in terms of what they said. Now, for the start, Sony seems to be uh, hate talking about the consumers, although his persona as a gamer, just like you, uh, is clearly carefully constructed projection. Everyone knows that Phil Spencer is, and while he has been caught stretching the truth, his handling of Bethesda ex exclusively is probably his lowest moment. Now, PlayStation's Jim Ryan, someone is clearly not very good at public speaking and unreasonably for a series of public gaffes, uh, the most serious of which is infamous. He believes that the generation quote is which said shortly before almost PlayStation 5 games suddenly became cross-gen, right? They weren't cross-gen and then all of a sudden they were cross-gen. Whether this was a sudden policy change or if it's just straight up lying, he probably never knew because of it. Okay, Sony's upgrade the policy for cross-gen games is just terrible. Knowing that Microsoft is perfect, and if they can't afford it, then, then, then it's okay. But at least they made the stance clear. Instead, it, we got told that the only launch games would be get free upgrades or PlayStation 4 to 5, and then launch, launch window games as a fu uh, fudge to include Horizon Forbidden West. Expecting they don't probably ad uh, advertise the fact that it's happy to let ordinary customers sort out uh, and wouldn't be reading the article like this, pay $10 extra for a game, even though they don't have to, okay, for the upgrade version. Um, <clears throat> let me go into to more here. Sorry, I lost my... Yeah, but, yeah, but, uh, yeah, but here, before you continue, yep. okay, let's, let's talk to the chat real quick. Here's the difference. Do you believe 
that if the game was cross uh, cross generation, not I'm sorry, not cross platform, cross generation from PlayStation Three to PlayStation Four, do you believe that if it wasn't because of digital copies, the excuse of doing multiple generations to create more sales directly contradicts the fact that I have to make a game into two different systems and spend more time on it if it wasn't digital. I can postpone it and fix it along the way as opposed to releasing it for multiple systems and having to make basically two separate games, but they have to work on the day of release. You understand what I'm saying? Right. So if, if, if PlayStation 3 and 4 was digital, not hard copy, I believe 100% they would do cross-generation on purpose to try to get more money because sure. they don't because they don't have to hold back. They can release in whatever condition they want and patch it along the way. The fact that in the old days, when you release the game, the game is released, it goes to the customer's house, and that's the game. For me to make it into two generations of two generations of systems, that's two separate games. I got to make sure they both work. Otherwise, I'm going to get asked for an astronomical refund if they doesn't come back, right? Right. If it doesn't work on day one. But now because it's digital, of course they changed their mind and said we could do cross-generation because I'm trying to get as much money out of you guys as possible. <clears throat> now, if the game doesn't work in the old days, I got a refund. If the game doesn't work now, I get to say, as a company, we're going to patch it, don't worry. Right, right. It goes, patch it, don't worry. It, it goes on to say here, it's been like this even before the PlayStation 5 launch, as well as unnecessary vague about the console specs. They refused to answer questions about ray tracing and backwards compatibility for ages. Then they, it was, uh, then there was the closing of Japan Studio while pretending they still strong support of J Japanese games. Gran Turismo 7 is still the only Japanese game they've announced, and their unnecessary complications resolving around the SSD expansion slots. You can, or, you can already tell it's going to be the same with the PlayStation Game Pass equivalently, which is rumored to have three tiers and sounds like it's going to be very confusing and expensive. I just hope they, the, their slowness in announcing it is them making sure that they can explain it properly, but I have my doubts, he says. It seems to go for months and months without any meaningful communication from Sony, and yet we hear Phil Spencer from somewhat from Microsoft almost every week, and let's face it. When you have worse communication than Nintendo, you know you're doing something wrong. Sony is coming across a a a loop of misery. Uh, uh, Microsoft is rich kid, okay? Or I'm sorry, uh, a loop as a as misery, okay? Where Microsoft is this rich kid trying to to buy everyone's presents so they also be friends. Sure, Sony is exactly poor, not exactly poor, and yet it seems like they're trying to nickel and dime their fans at every opportunity. Their Game Pass almost certainly won't have. First party games from day one, that's fine. Most fans will, will be prepared for that. But don't try to hide the fact that when you announce it or make up a complicated rule or with it they aren't before doing your U-turn a week later. Microsoft has laid it out its stall, and then it would also make it easier for Sony to come up with the attractive alternative. They have in terms of the console and the games, but they're also not communicating as well and it seems more interested in the penny pitching than good customer service the four uh the four the players catastrophic uh or i'm sorry catchphrase was always kind of silly but maybe they should think about bringing it back because it's better than the current mindset so they're saying basically with all the lies that they said in the past of playstation they're also saying that Moving forward, they're their worst enemy because they, they they just don't want to change, right? They're making it look like the other people are the bad guys, but yet they're the ones doing
doing all the stuff. Now, not to say Microsoft is any better, okay? But at least Microsoft has got a foothold in the future where Sony is like, what are, what are we doing? What, what, what are we going to do? So, I don't know. I think Sony's fine because PlayStation fanboys, okay? You never really hear about fangirls, okay? PlayStation fanboys. It's sexist. It's sexist. Yeah, I, I don't care. That's what it is. Uh, they, they, they don't care what, because they don't look at what PlayStation's saying as bad. They just say, well, Microsoft did it too. You see what I'm saying? They don't look at it and go, well, they're not bad. Microsoft did the same thing. So what they're, they're justifying it being okay because in the past, the other company did it as well. Right. And they never look at it any other way. It's Microsoft's bad. PlayStation's not bad. Even if they touched me, where did they touch you? It doesn't matter. Microsoft touched me first, right? Like that's, that's what it is. They never look at Sony of, of being the people that are lying or saying bad because why? Because they have the first party titles that make good games. It, they, don't have, they don't have the infrastructure to make a game pass the way that Microsoft made a game pass. When they get their shit together, they'll have more to say. But they're trying to scramble to put together some verbiage to make it look like they're making some moves. They're not making any moves right now. They're concerned about making sure that sales are strong. They're selling their first party titles and they have their, their team three working in the background on what can be done with current hardware and current infrastructure of what we can offer other games. Now, because remember, we don't know the policies. Once again, all the games you guys see on Game Pass, we don't know the contract. We don't know if it's exclusive. Because in my mind, I think that Xbox or Microsoft probably said something to those games and said, hey, we're going to put you on here. We'll give you a cut, a number of hours played, or whatever else. Because it can't just be if someone downloads and plays it. Because otherwise, I don't think, I don't think anyone will get paid. But there's got to be some kind of contract. Because if the contract was negotiable and it was open, PlayStation would just come over and get the same games and put them on a service that they have. That's how you bulk up your Game Pass. I have a bunch of games I'm going to put on. If they can't get those games because they're still in contract with Microsoft, then whatever games are left are the ones that they have to negotiate with. Microsoft has probably been doing this for a while before right. Game Pass started in order to build a library. Sony said, I don't need a library. Our games are amazing. And then they realized, wait a minute, we're not playing the same game anymore. <laughs> right. I need to have a service. Right. And we haven't talked to anyone to get any exclusive rights to get a game on our system. Right. Otherwise, there would be moves happening. Yeah. Moves. There's no moves. Right. There's no nothing. There's not even a roadmap. And I know how you guys love roadmaps. There's not even a roadmap of what the PlayStation Game Pass would be. Not yet. Strange. Right. Isn't it strange? The the uh, the article's not arguing anything, Krebsy. The article's saying that PlayStation's greatest enemy is Sony. Is them. Is not Xbox, right? Of all the stuff, it's exactly like the the the, the fanboys talk about, right? They, they don't look at what the problems are within Sony themselves. They blame everybody else. Sort of like what, what Battlefield did and said that we're not the problem. COVID's the problem. We're not the problem. Halo was the problem. Our game's fine. Everything's fine here, right? I, I said this earlier today, Sarge. I, I almost feel like when people start blaming things and they, they, 
there's an actual problem. It's like the movie Airplane. When they come out, they're like, not to alarm anybody, but did anybody not eat the fish? Right? Did anybody not eat the fish? Okay, if you didn't eat the fish, can you come and talk to me? Right? It's like, why, what, what's happening up there? Like, something's happening up in the cockpit, right, of these companies. But they don't want to take blame or, or, or say anything. They're just like, no, no, we're not the problem. Right? We didn't poison everybody. It's your fault. You ate it. Right? Problem. Right? It's your Good problem. Problem. You ate it. Right? That's that's the problem. Right? Sony's problem right now is Sony, not Microsoft, and running away with what they're doing. Right? Listen, Sony's problem was, is listen, Sony. It, back in the day, just for a sidebar here. Back in the day, it was completely okay that a game that was on PS3 wasn't on PS4, and then if a game was on PS4 because it was a new system, that it wasn't on PS3. Completely okay. Not because we're trying to fuck anyone. Not because we're trying to get one over on our on our guests. Right. It was because this is a new game. We want it for the new system. We want you to have a reason to buy the new system. Now the argument is, I can't believe this game's not cross generational. Every game, like what 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 magical realm do you guys live in that you think the game can work exactly the same code wise from one system mm. to another? If it was that simple. They would just do it. It wouldn't even be a problem. They would just be, we got it for PlayStation 3 and 4, right? And the ones that are, they say it immediately because it was easier to do this game or this game on PlayStation 3 and 4, right? No one's, no one's crying in the, in, the, in the Reddits. I can't believe this game set out for PS3. We want you to buy a PS4, man. I can't believe it set out for PS3. Well, they don't, they don't talk five, that way. Right. They just make the game. They just make the game. Staying on the topic of PlayStation, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn passes an incredible sales milestone. Sony gives an update on the sales performance of Horizon Zero Dawn, which has reached an impressive milestone across the PlayStation 4 and PC. Why do you think they're releasing this now, Sarge? Oh, I don't, I'm trying to figure out what the timing is. I, I, I lost track of a bunch of stuff's coming out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Horizon Forbidden West is coming out, right? Yeah. Hence why they released the sales numbers of Horizon Zero One or Zero Dawn 1, because they're like, hey, look, this was a good game, which it was. It was. I'm not giving shit to it. It was a good oh, game, right? So Horizon Zero Dawn, widely considered to be one of the PlayStation 4's best exclusive, developer Guerrilla Games took to big risk in moving from first-person, like Killzone, to an open-world action game and ended up being a massive critical uh, commercial success for PlayStation. Horizon Zero Dawn sold 7.6 million copies in the first year, making it the best selling first party of IP of PlayStation 4. Now, Horizon Zero Dawn was also released on PC in 2020, and, and the mark being Sony's shift towards releasing its older blockbuster game on PC. While making fans were excited to play Horizon Zero Dawn at the high frame rate, fans had reported several issues with the, with the port. These problems have largely been fixed, and the PC version is a great way to play the game. Now, Sony has just released an update on total sales of Horizon Zero Dawn. According to uh, Herman Holtz, uh, head of PlayStation Studios, Horizon Zero Dawn sold over 20 million copies as of November 28, uh, 2021. The number includes both PlayStation 4 and PC versions of the game, and the picture accompanied with a tweet also mentions Horizon Zero Dawn has crossed over 1 billion hours of total playtime, right? They, they, they try to pull, like, numbers to make, you, to make you feel better about it. 20 million units is a staggering number. For any game, let alone a, a new IP like Horizon Zero Dawn, the concept of fighting robot dinosaurs is intriguing on its own, and Horizon Zero Dawn was also praised for its narrative. Now, 20 million units is, is fantastic. When did it come out? It came out four years ago, right? So they're averaging 5 million copies a year for, for four years, which is, that's understandable. I mean, that's, that's great. Fantastic. Good for them. 
right? But obviously, they're telling you the numbers now because Horizon Zero Dawn 2 is coming out. And they're like, hey, just like they said that Halo's coming out and if Halo Season 2 is coming out. It's a reminder. It's a reminder. Then Halo it's Season 1 must be really good if they already renewed it for Season 2. Same That's thing, correct. right? It sold 20 million copies. So Horizon Zero must Forbidden West must be good. This is why they do stuff like this. Uh, leading in from Horizon Forbidden West of that, Hoag Law. We talk about Hoag Law. Richard, uh, Richard Hoag, uh, who's got a great YouTube channel, if you like to listen about litigation and stuff like that. about It's, it's, it's not as boring as you think it would be because the way he breaks stuff down is very good. I like it. Okay, so Horizon Forbidden West, PlayStation 5 upgrade, criticized by Hoag Law. Okay, Hoag criticizes the Forbidden West PlayStation 5 upgrade practices as currently displayed at the market by Sony. When Sony revealed, and again, the other article that we read about Sony, about being Sony's own problem is Sony. Here's another example of Sony being Sony, right? So when Sony revealed Horizon Forbidden West PlayStation 5 upgrade was not free and previously mentioned many fans were upset, Sony uh, received a situation saying the upgrade would be free, but it would be the last free upgrade for any upcoming PlayStation 5 game. Now, as the game nears launch, Hoag Law attorney Richard Hoag criticizes Sony's approach. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West PlayStation 4 version hasn't confirmed until three months after the game initial revealed, but about a year after that, Sony revealed that the dual en uh, entitlement didn't apply to this game. This means that the upgrade wouldn't be free, standing in stark contrast to the comments from Sony CEO Jim Ryan. Sony, in response to the backlash, did agree to make this upgrade free, but the actions sent have demonstrated dupl duplicity and greed, according to Hoag. Hoag on Twitter, a discussion with the VGC, criticized his actions widely for example on the playstation store the main pre-order button for it says 69.99 playstation 5 slash playstation 4 version with it being later mentioned at 59.99 hoag described horizon forbidden west pre-order options as sony offering a playstation 4 version with free playstation 5 upgrade for 60 dollars and playstation 5 version with the playstation 4 copy included for 70 dollars same package two price points which one display more prominently than the other Okay, and this is how it shows up on the actual screen. It's little things like this. You gotta pay attention. That you gotta you people gotta don't pay, pay attention. attention. Okay. So as you can see, it says folks leaped on to me for my tweet on this week ago, but there is no defending this kind of business model from the Sony PlayStation folks. They appear to deliberately confuse the price point in an effort to steal ten dollars from the uninformed. Okay. Because it's greed. And we tell you all the time. We say this all the time on this show that they'll take anything from you, right? They want to take money out of... Sony wants to take money out of Mario Donald's pocket. or Not Sony. But Paramount wants to take money out of Mario Donald's pocket for Halo because they don't want to give him credit for a fucking song because it's more money in their pocket. They don't want to tell you which is the right one here because they want money more in your pocket. They don't want to fix a Fire game. Everywhere. They it don't want to fix piles, a game. Files okay. everywhere. They want to release a broken game to you because it's more money in their pocket, okay? And they're not going to fix it afterwards. All of this is the same, okay? Sony and the light years behind Xbox and generational trans uh, transaction, okay? Now, honestly, it's in case like this, it starts to smell of duplicity of greed, he says, okay? He also explains that the PlayStation 4 version of the game cannot be purchased through the PlayStation 5 at all. If players were to opt for a cheaper price point, and officially Sony FAU related, uh, FAQ related this still mentions that PlayStation 4 version isn't available for free upgrade, making it harder for casuals to purchase it. Hoag feels that this crosses the line 
and deceptive and unfair practices, although some regulators may not feel the same way. An eye of, the, eye of the beholder situation it describes as says that it could be something found in class action lawsuit. He says, quote, many individual states not mentioned uh, jurisdictionally outside the U.S. have uh, de deceptive trade practices, statutes that allow for civil actions that wouldn't be surprising to see a request for plaintiffs coming from a class action firm on something like this, though. It will depend on the firm's analysts uh, of what they think they can get out of this at a possible payday. So the VGC asked Hogue what he thinks of Sony should do in regards to this, and his response was it should change the course. Although it suspects some difficult, uh, suspects some difficult may tie into licensing across PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 generation, the easiest solution he suggests is would to make the PlayStation 5 version the same price as its PlayStation 4 counterpart. The second thing would be to make the PlayStation 4 version as more vi visible, especially on a PlayStation 5 console, and to make it clear everyone that it comes with the PlayStation 5 upgrade, okay? So here you go, just yet another shady business practice by a company who loves you, it's, who cares for it's, you. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's buyer beware, that's what it falls under. And here's the, here's the thing about class action lawsuits, right? Uh, for a class action lawsuit to actually hurt the company, the money involved has to cover the entire cost to the consumer, not a partial. Right. So let's say 20 million people bought Horizon Zero West, right? The, the version that they screwed them on, like the extra $10. And then class action lawsuit starts. So first the notice goes out, right? The notice goes out based on whoever answers, right? If you were part of this, contact us. We'll make you part of the class action. So unless all 20 million people actively activate the class action lawsuit by going to the lawyer, going to the lawyer page saying, I have a, here's my receipt. I have the game. It's whoever, it's whoever contacts it. So then the class action becomes part of that 20 million dollars, which is like a hundred, 1.2 billion. Okay. And now it's only like 3 million people. So the money that they extract from the company to pay back the people who wanted to be involved in the class action is nowhere near hurting them in any way. It's just like them bribing people away to say oh okay i guess we fucked up next time but if everybody if it's automatic if it's a if it's consumer protection you tried to fuck over the consumer the lawyer takes right. control of it right it's not it's not whoever answers the class action lawsuit it's everyone who ever bought a game period it's not that you have to sign up for it then you'll see the company go oh well you yeah. Well, we'll make it for free. Like, well, we'll we'll give the upgrade. It happens like this. It's just that quick. Because if I have to pay out one two billion in refund, amazing how fast you can get the PS4 version and the PS5 version included. It's amazing right. how fast it'll work. But because class action means people involved in the suit, they have to send out letters. People have to acknowledge. You got to go to a website. They know how many people respond. You don't think they have lawyers that go, what's the response rate to a class action lawsuit? They'll say like, eh, 15%, 20%. Right? It's doable. Yeah. They'll ask for their money back. We'll do it. And then the lawyers take a chunk of it, right? The lawyers take a chunk of that money first before you get your money back. So in reality, you might not even get your full value back. You might right. only get partial refund because the lawyers have to get paid. Yeah, they will. Right? Yeah, right, instead right. of, instead of, Consumer protection saying, this is shady. You did something wrong. Give back the money and pay the lawyers, right? Give back the money 
and pay the lawyers. That's a different, that's a different set of circumstance, right? Right. But they're protected. They're protected under all these laws, the buyer beware law, the, the, the whatever the, the, uh, uh, what's the, what's the company, the ESB, they're, what they're protected of for age brackets, who's allowed to play it, who's not allowed to play it. You can't sue them for that. Like there's all these questions for them, right? but there's a zero protection for a game that well, I paid for $60 for. I get it. It's broke and I can't get a refund. I have to start a petition. I got I to gotta start a petition to get my money back on a game that's broken. Not because I didn't like it. It's broke. Your game's broke. Right. I got to get a petition. It's fucked up. It's not supposed to work that way. Right? If any other product on the, once again, any other product on the planet has a warranty with it. And if it doesn't work and you get another one, it still doesn't work. We have lemon laws. We got all kinds of things. But in the video game world, we have now narrowed down the refund policy to two hours and three days. Okay. It used to be like this. Now we're down like this. Like, oh, well, you had it for two hours. You should have knew about it. Right. Right. You should have knew about it. Like, so the game doesn't break until hour 30. Right. Breaks. Like the game's broken. The game doesn't break until hour 30. Well, you paid it more than two hours. We can't give you your money back. But the game's broke. I can't play it anymore. Doesn't matter. You played it for two hours. Right. Like, there's no protection for you. That's how it is. So if we're gonna play, if we're gonna play devil's advocate. As long as I'm as long as I'm a developer and I make the game great for the first ten hours, it doesn't matter if it breaks. You played it for more than the next number of right. hours. That's it. Only make the right? game it, last long enough before you can't get the return. Long enough to pass the, to pass yeah, the exactly. refund policy. Right, and, and it's completely legal. It becomes legal <clears throat> because there's no protection. You guys got to think about this kind of stuff. I know you love throwing money at games because you love them. I love them too, but we're getting out of hand now. We're getting out of hand. Yeah, but. DMAC to, to say, well, you did get 30 hours of gameplay. If the game is broke, it's not a complete product, but yet you paid for it, right? So that's like buying a washing machine. Well, you did get 10 washes out of it, didn't you? You got 10 washes out of your clothes. Doesn't matter if your washing machine's broke after the 10 washes, right? Did you did you have fun washing your 10, 10 loads of laundry before it broke? It's the same thing, right? This is why you wait for to read reviews. True. But a lot of people don't want to take reviews because they, they think that if someone gives a review that that person is, you know, I don't like that person the way because he doesn't align with me. But re really, you should listen to multiple reviews and should wait instead of buying day one, week one, month one. OK, nothing happens. And we talk about this every single week, every single day on my stream. Nothing happens if you wait. Nothing happens if you wait. You actually save money. OK. I'll, I'll tell you what, if I've saved you money in the past. You can tip me anytime you want, okay? Because I, if I saved you money for not pre-ordering or buying day one and you save 60 bucks, $45, I'll take that money from you, okay? If you don't mind just spending money because of broken shit, you know, anytime. Okay, next story I want to talk about. Antitrust laws, Sarge, okay? <clears throat> antitrust laws are changing, and here's what that means for gaming mergers, okay? How the Xbox, Activision, and Sony Bungie deals could affect by changes in the U.S. antitrust regulations. A wave of massive mergers in the video game industry have provoked some questions, and none of us are ever expected to ask. Will Destiny stay on PC now that Bungie is a Sony studio? Is World of Warcraft about to be ported to consoles? What lies ahead for Electronic Arts? Is that the next uh, domino to fall? All these hypotheticals are fun, fascinating things, but they ignore the elephant in the room. One, Microsoft acquisition of Activision Blizzard is, com is complete, and the company will stand as one 
of the three largest gaming publishers on Earth, and that's an earthquake in the market with the uncertainty about how federal regulations are interpreting the antitrust laws, which aims to break the corporation monopolies in the market. Experts believe that the deal will earn a, 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 a throughout investigation. Now, the Federal Trade Commission uh, and the Department of Justice looks at the merge to see if it's been substantial uh, Leasing of competition, a lessening of the competition, sorry, and whether the prices will rise in the consumers, said Jeffrey uh, Jacobowitz. Uh, the chair of antitrust practice at the law, uh, law firm are Arnold Goldell and Gregory LLP. The deal narrows the market. The government looks at the market power, so they s scrutinize the merge carefully. He says, I believe that they're looking for overlaps of competition to see whether the consumers is being harmed. Now, from a bird's eye view, the Microsoft Activision deal matches the same pattern as the powered games industry for decades. There's never been shortages of first-party publishers absorbing other developers' houses into overarching profiles. Microsoft has been frequent buyer of over the last few years, picking up Obsidian, Double Fine, uh, restocking the inventory talent, and follow uh, during the Xbox One years. The company's biggest acquisition prior to Activision Blockbuster was the uh, Bethesda deal, which is also bringing a forthcoming Starfield-exclusive Microsoft platform. Now, these are all valid points, said Gregory, uh, but the professor of the legal studies at the University of Georgia he tells me that both Activision deal and Bethesda deals are examples of vertical mergers, which Day explains with a handy metaphor. He says a Horizon merge is a, say, a Coca-Cola and Pepsi merge because both of those companies are selling the same things, he says. A vertical merge would be if Coke bought a bottling plant because those two companies are more complementary of each other. He says at the same business, they, they, uh, Day noted hor uh, horizontal merges tend to attract more legal attention than the vertical mergers. Also... He said that it isn't impossible for top-down industries integration to spark some red flags from antitrust agencies. This is at least the academy inter interpretation of antitrust laws. From <clears throat> from purely a textual analytics, you are left to be uh, to believe that Microsoft was likely in the clear, but the legal experts spoke to each mentioned there was new leadership in charge of the FTC under the Biden administration. So they're coming out saying that they're aggressive and they're uncertainly of the marketplace merge and transactions. In particular, the FTC and the DOJ have made it clear that they're eager to take more advanced uh, uh, adversary uh, stance against the big tech fortunes report of the U.S. government currently feeling antitrust suite against Facebook parent company Meta. Obviously, games publisher acquisitions differ in texture of scope than Facebook. Uh, all-out social media dominance between Instagram, WhatsApp, and whatnot. The Antitrust Division shares the FTC's uh, substance concern regarding the vertical merge guidelines. So the specifics of what the sub uh, concerns are remain vague for now, though the CBS CNBC mentioned that the labor market affects the elements of competition and they are tied to prices like innovation and quality. As focus of the departments going forward, when I read the statement, it sounds like the transition from mere consumer protection to something more eternal, to feel concepts like innovate quality is a soul rather than your bank account. Could Microsoft Activision Merge snap a tripwire in the antitrust environment that isn't exclusively animated by prices? It's hard to say, but it's clear that the big tech mergers uh, animating from Washington, Microsoft as well, are aware of, of the early weeks and the companies are looking to change. So Basically, because of what's happening right now with Sony and Bungie and what's happening with with uh, the uh, Activision Blizzard with Microsoft, they're looking to completely change the entire uh, landscape well, well, of the antitrust uh, uh, laws. That That's because, number one, they have no idea what it is, right? The Department of Justice and everybody else who wants to get involved by changing laws now have no idea what the tech guys are doing money-wise. 
But if we follow the books, just like Duplass said, 10% of the market is not a monopoly, right? They're just trying to put their two cents in because something happened that they don't understand. So now they're going to put their foot in there to try to fucking to jostle it around. That's fine. I, I want them to do consumer protection and look it over. But to say all these other reasons within that they're going to get around anyway, any type of pl- price increase as a defense for monopoly or for an antitrust issue is moot. Because any company can find reasons to increase prices and have nothing to do with you bought a different company out. I can say labor. I can say all kinds of things. Taxes in the country. I can do whatever I want to raise the prices up. Right. Raising the price up just because I bought a few companies isn't automatically. And by the way, in a free market system, if they decide to raise prices and other people can make games just as well for a lower price, consumers go after the lower price item. That's what they do. If I can get the same game for a lower price and I go for the lower price item. Right. It's a free market. But to say because of what they did that now we're going to change laws, like all of a sudden, because they have no idea what was going on before, right? right? Their head's in the clouds. They're worried about the other stuff. Now, all of a sudden, there's a huge deal. We bought a bunch of companies. Oh, yeah, they bought a bunch of companies. All right, so how much of the company, how much, how much of the market do they control? Uh, About 11%. And we're we're worried about this? Well, they, they own a lot of studios. They make a lot of games. Aren't there a lot of other studios making games? Yeah. Are there a lot of independent studios making games? Yeah. Right. Are they all on, are they all on multiple platforms? Uh yeah. Okay, so what the fuck is the problem? Right. Right? But but they're going to call a big they're going to cause a big stick now and push this up well, on the wall. We'll, we'll we'll hear about this over the summer. This, We're going to hear about this over this the last, summer. This last this last paragraph it says so so where does this leave consumers? He says which with antitrust litigations aimed to protect the face of the mass consolidation, there's still so many questions left unanswered. Yes, at first, party publisher acquiring a studio might not trigger monopoly uh, fail-safes, okay, just like we're saying. It says, but in 2022, so many gamers use their PlayStation exclusively as a Warzone machine, as has the games as a service revolution changed the nature of litigation, okay, or of legislation, sorry. Should it? Does sheer access uh, constitute price gouging? More importantly, if does the FTC or the DOJ are seriously about evolving the definition of antitrust, can anyone say with certainty that Microsoft's takeover of the third-party market leaves us with games industry that feels just, right? Or at least just enough to pass the regulatory smell test at, at the moment where it seems eager to reshape the rule book, right? So just like you just said, right, it's 11%. That's not a big problem, right? So, but... They get a freebie. Now they let's say they buy EA, and all of a sudden it goes from 11% to like 20%, right? And then they're like, well, wait a minute. Is 20% still a monopoly? Well, no, it's not. But it, it, it's like this moving thing. Is it? Is this wrong? I don't it's know. A, is a, it wrong? It's a moving target. Right. It's a moving target. Uh, right. But yeah, but just like they did for any other company throughout time, they just break it up. And the same guys who own it, their brother owns it or their uncle owns it. It's under a different name, but they still own it. I'll give you case in point for Ma Bell. <clears throat> Ma Bell was the leader of the telephone and they is a monopoly. So they had to break it up into other bells. They're different companies, but they're still bells. Right. It, it doesn't matter. So whether you break it up or not, doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is if it's an actual different company, is it somebody else running the show, somebody else deciding the, what they're going to make and what they're not going to make. Because the happy medium is, if for the consumer point of view is, if you've got enough studios under your umbrella, then you don't have to rush out a game. Nope. You're going to release the game when it's ready and done. 
when it's supposed to. And now you can space it out because you've got other games in the pipeline that are going to come out when they're ready, as opposed to a company who only has one game or three games and they're on a two year cycle and they can't get it done and they release it half ass and broke. And then I have to worry about updates for 18 months. Yep. Whereas if I've got 15 companies making games, I just sit back and I wait, what's coming up next. Right. Which, and and which while, of you guys... while collecting $15 a month. Right. While collecting $15 a month. That's yep. correct. Yeah. That's correct. Right. So this, the government has no idea what's going on. They haven't figured out Bitcoin yet. I don't think for one moment they understand what's going on in the gaming industry. Not for one iota. Not one. Yeah. Uh, Sean Murray says No Man's Sky isn't finished by a long shot. They came out with a, yet another update, Sarge. It's a sentin, uh, Sentinel update where, I mean, the list of stuff in this game that keeps coming out. I mean, his, his apology is over at this point. Oh, absolutely. Just, just sell a DLC, bro. Right, right, right. Feel, right. Feel, feel good about yourself. You did the right thing. Nobody's mad at you anymore. We know, we know that Sony made you do shit that you didn't want to do. He, okay. Just fucking make a DLC but and sell it like he, a normal human being. Here's, just, just sell a DLC. Here's what I don't understand, and I used this as an example this morning in, in, the, in the Daily Grind. How does a game like Marvel Avengers sell every week a $14 microtransaction, right? And they can't fix the game because can't. people come Hard. to the defense while well, they have to stay open, right? They have to sell microtransactions. And yet, yep. and yet, Hello Games released the game six years ago. Six years ago. Have yet to, yet to charge for a DLC since the game came out. They just keep charging for the full price or sale of the game that they keep approving on. Okay, yet people say that the game companies have to charge microtransactions to keep their their lights on. Yet No Man's Sky has charged no microtransactions in six years, and yet they're Strange. still open. Strange. And they created another game that came out last year. Okay, or two years ago, or last year, 2021, 2020, right? The campfire one. So they had 14 people working on No Man's Sky. They made enough money from No Man's Sky to not charge anything else for No Man's Sky for six years and, right. and made enough money to make another game that well, they, re it's, that they it's, released. It's obvious that Hello Games is selling drugs on the side. They There's have no to be, way. right? There's no way you can stay I mean, open that how long. in the world can Hello Games... Not sell microtransactions and yet still be operational, Sarge. No. I, I just don't get it. It doesn't make sense in my brain. Yeah. I'm being it's facetious, almost, by the way. It's almost it's almost as if that the profit margin for video games is so obscene that they can do whatever they want and still make a profit. It's almost like that. I'm, I don't quote me though. Right? How almost. do they do it? How do they budget people? And and mind you, twenty six people work for the whole company. 26 people work for the whole company and they make two games. They made two games. They 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 had a shit one come out. People liked it, but it was a broke game when it came out and since then they've charged nothing for it. And it's an actually a wonderful game. It's a wonderful game 6 years later. But how holy many, Christ. How many copies of No Man's Sky have they sold? Oh, I have no idea. It's coming out on the Nintendo Switch now. I don't know if they tell you that. Uh let's see. No Man's Sky uh copies sold. Oh, they tell you. There's no, there's no articles that tell you. It, somewhere between two and five million cop, uh, sold copies when it when it first came out. When it first came out. Okay. Yeah. All right. So just say five million copies. No, I go I just go on lower. PC. I just, I'm just, I'm just. It's right? fine. I'm just, I'm just trying to get a ballpark. I'm trying to get a ballpark. That's all. But the point is that they've made enough money. 
Well, I, I don't know what you're talking about, Mike. The market's changed so drastically over the last yeah. two years with COVID and stuff. Yeah. Uh, the prices have skyrocketed for maintaining proper personnel and the way companies work now. Hammer, hammer, hammer. Like, whatever you want to say. Whatever you want to say. Yeah, I just I thought I, th I just thought it was funny that everyone always comes to defense of other companies. Um, uh, Jason, true, Krebsy. True. Jason Schreier came out with uh, with Cyberpunk news and said over the time didn't make development of the game any faster. At E3 2019, CD Projekt announced that the game would come out on April 16th, 2020. Fans were elated, but in internally, some members of the team could only scratch their heads wondering how could this be possible to finish a game by then? One person said they thought the date was a joke. Based on that, the team's progress, and they expected the game to be ready in 2022. Developers created memes about the game getting delayed, making bets, and when it would happen. Now, I don't know if you know this, Sarge, but we are in 2022. Okay? They announced in 2019 that it was coming out in 2020. I said in 2020, don't get this game because it won't be ready. Don't buy it for the old systems. Wait for it to come up for the new systems. Well, it's out for the new systems. It's finally out for the new systems. Now, it did launch for PC and the old console last December 3rd of 2020. And here we are in 2022, February 14th or 15th, and they finally released the game for the new systems. Okay. Now, obviously, I haven't been following so close. I don't know if it's a buggy, broken mess for the new systems, but I'm pretty sure there'll be something going on with the new system that they'll have to fix it in the next six weeks, three months, six months, because they're still making fixes to the original launch of the game to make fixes. And the stuff that they promoted in the game that was supposed to be in the game at launch, still not fully in the game yet, but they're getting closer to it, right? And again, people defend this. Well, it's closer. I still had fun with it, Sarge. I still had fun with the game, but the game... Still not complete, still missing features, still missing stuff, but it is now finally out for the new uh, for the new systems. What do you think about this, Sarge? About this one, I, I'm I've said my piece about about this portion of the show, especially this specific topic. I it it, it gets to me after a while that we have to rehash it, but it's almost like everyone just gets excited for the next game, but doesn't realize it's the same shit. Right, they're gonna do the same thing to you. That's the part that bothers me. All right, I, I, I think that they, I, I think that if you, if you keep, if you try to keep them honest, right, and, and, and it's very simple how to keep them honest. You don't fall for the hype. You don't buy day one. You don't pre-order. You wait for the reviews, and then you sit back and you watch. You let them sweat. You let them sweat, because at, at some point you have to remember that the game is out. It's not going anywhere. The release date of the game is at, it's out. Right, right. Because you got it first in the first week, or you got it first in the exactly. second month, the game's out. You giving them money as soon as the game comes out says that they succeeded. You give them the 13, green light. Thirteen million right. copies sold before the game even launched. Right. right. You give them. You give them the green light that it's a success. You have no idea what the game is. Let them sweat. There is no, there is not nothing happens to you. Okay. You you were gonna wait two years for a game. It took three years, and you shut the fuck up. You said nothing. You just waited three years. So the game comes out, but you can't wait an additional three months just to let, let everything pass by and let them sweat a little bit. You can't wait three months. You got to have it right then and there. I got to have it. I got to have it. And so you pre-order, and you give them the money without knowing the work, 
without knowing if it's good, right? It's fine back in the day when there were no reviewers, no game companies, no no uh, uh, journalists, game journalists, where you had to buy the game to find out it was good or talk to your friend at school right. if the game was good. And it's spread. We're talking about, right. we're talking about instantaneous information, right? If I really want to know about the game, if it's good or not, I stay up until two in the morning and I watch Skill Up play it in Australia because his release date happens before mine does. Right. Because tomorrow is already happening in, in Australia. So I can find out what the game's doing right now. If the game's released tonight, okay, I already know. I'll just check Australia. I'll, I'll check the Australian streamers. You have the power to find out the information on any fucking game you want. Instead, your, your, your overwhelming excitement for a possibility of an adrenaline rush you hand over $120 because you think the game's going to be fantastic because the trailer was amazing. Right. You've got to get out of that mentality, man. You have got to get out of that mentality. You have to let the work speak for itself. You can't re listen to them anymore. After all we've been through, you can't listen to that anymore. So, so li listen, Reese, the, the lawsuit that CD Projekt Red was in uh, they only paid out one point eight five million dollar class action lawsuit. One point eight five million, not not a billion. One point eight five million. That's all they paid for that for that lawsuit of the game. That's it. Okay, that's my point. That's they, my they, point. they made they made literally they sold thirteen million dollars, or I'm sorry, thirteen million copies. Before day one with pre-orders, okay, times sixty, times seventy, times a hundred dollars, whatever, because of, uh, they they made their money back for the game and four times more, okay. They made one point, what is it, one point seven billion dollars, and they paid one point eight three million dollars for a lawsuit, okay. Lesson learned, but their That's stock right. took a huge hit. Listen, where's their stock now? People are like goldfish. Okay, and and the amount of money, the amount of money they make off of their their um their game server, like where where they um they do um I forget they are, right? It's like Steam, okay. They they make plenty of money, okay, and they don't give a shit. All right, next uh next story, we're gonna skip uh well I'll do real quick real quick. Lost Ark is being review bombed, Sarge. Lost Ark is being review bombed because of the the U the EU servers. So it went from being a positive game to being a, mo a mixed game on Steam's reviewed. What do you think about reviews, Sarge? Like, obviously, I, I'm okay with them review bombing something because if someone's unhappy with something, now it's a free-to-play game. You don't have to play anything, pay anything for this. But people that purchased it early couldn't get in because of queue times, because servers were down, a bunch of problems, Okay. Free-to-play is frustrating, like they can't get onto the servers or whatnot, so people are frustrated because they can't do it. So, are you okay with people review-bombing something like this when they're not putting any money towards it, per se, because it's a free-to-play game, but they can't get in and it's frustrating for them? Alright, so, this is a question of free speech and thought in the internet, right? So, you can't, you can't regulate people's opinions about a product. The reason why gaming companies want to control the narrative if a game is good or not, and they call it review bombing, is because they don't have control of the narrative. 
if if every individual can say whatever they want and they happen not to like the game for whatever reason, then they can say their piece and it comes out on a screen saying the reasons why they don't like it, right? The game companies are trying to say, well, you don't know what you're talking about. You didn't buy the game. And so we don't think that you should deserve a voice because you didn't buy the game. And so my answer to that is, well, if you want me to believe what you're saying, then the people who play the game in order to review it properly, how you want it to be reviewed, then those people need to be held by a certain standards of review process. The review has to have a process, one to 10, one to five, whatever, an actual process, right? And they have to go through each of those. Right. And if, and it, and if I don't like it, then I can still say I don't like it, but mine's, my, my not liking it is under the review because I played the game and I think you don't know how to review because you said this, you said the mechanics are fantastic. And then I played it and my jump button never worked right the entire time. Right. And it's not my controller. Guy never jumps. He only jumps halfway. And, it, and it only like you have to give reasons. There has to be reasons and verbiage for what you are talking about the game. They want to control it all encompassing, right? So no matter how bad the game is, even if it's good, maybe somebody just started some shit, right? Maybe someone knows a developer, <laughs> knows that his girlfriend ended up dating the developer and he hates him, right? So he's he trying to start a review bomb. He, he starts a review bomb. So he gets a bunch obviously, of his friends obviously and they just, avalanche yeah. it. And they avalanche yeah. it. That's right. But nobody played it. So in, in, in reality, what's the big deal? Right? right. What's the big deal if it gets review bombed? If you played it, you know. If you didn't play it, who cares? Right. Well, but they care. I, I think I think that well, the people, people in the EU are having problems right now with the servers, right? Where they can't get in. It keeps crashing on them when they're in there. Uh, there, there's a my, there's answer, a, my answer is GTA six. You're right. Right. I'm sorry, GTA right. five. Exactly. GTA 5. That's and my answer. I'm okay. I'm okay with the narrative. Like, Reese says, I've always ignored the review bomb narrative. This is actually happening, but it's, it's a small percentage. There's literally like 1.3 million people that were concurrent, and there's only 36,000 people that were complaining, right? It, we're talking about a very small section, but to say that it's not happening is just being naive, right? So I'm but okay. That's not a review bomb. That's, that's, that's not a review Right, bomb. that's people complaining because they can't get the into the actual game. The ones who are complaining, yes. they have a, right, a, yeah. a legitimate reason. Yes, that, right. But obviously the narrative, like like Reese is saying, that the article is written, it's it's a narrative of that the review bombing and it's making it look the game look bad. But it's not because the game's bad. It's because well, they're frustrated because they can't get into the game. According according to all game developers, there's no bad games. Right. Ex well, exactly, according to the way exactly. according to the way that they speak, there's never a bad game. Right. Well, it's no. But they Reese just is, didn't reach expectations. Reese is correct there's though. Anytime a anytime a gamer gives negative reviews, it's a review bomb. Right. That's exactly. Correct. Yeah. Right. It's never, it's never because the game actually is bad, right? Ever, right? It's no, because ba it didn't Battlefield twenty seventy six is not bad, Sarge. It's just, it's just getting review bombed. It's just getting. Re it, it no, it just didn't reach expectations. Yeah, it's also because of Halo and COVID. But, uh, I like what Brain just said. Now I know Brain, and Brain plays a shit ton of games, and he and he goes hard in a lot of the games. Like he just said that he just finished a dungeon in Lost Ark, and it was better than any content he's ever played to this point in gaming. Okay, it had, it, had, it had more mechanics than a raid in some games, and this is just a regular dungeon. Okay, I'm excited. Him just telling, like, I don't even want to do this podcast right now. I want to go play. I want to go play Lost Ark. Okay, I'm telling you, it's we're almost done anyway. But uh, that that excites me, brain. That excites me. Um, 
the last thing I want to talk about, we're not going to do NFTs this week. We're not doing any, any NFTs. Or, okay. Good. Uh, the last story I want to talk about is the Division Heartland leak details Tarkov-like PvP VE mode, right? PvPVE mode, okay, called Storm. Now, the article basically says that they've taken this game. This is a free-to-play game, Sarge. It's the Dark Zone mixed with Tarkov in Division, okay? Now, I talked about this earlier. I said, this is a waste of time because Division 2 was actually a pretty decent game. It had really good mechanics. The end game was good. The, 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 the crafting materials and, and, and the gun system was fantastic. And they stopped supporting that game and decided to do this, which is a standalone Dark Zone game. Okay, and then decided to go back to Division 2 and then create more content for it at a later date, which has now been over a year. Okay, so my question to you, Sarge, is why do companies, do you think, in your opinion, why do they decide to take a game mode out of one game and then make it its own separate game while taking resources and stuff away from a game that was actually successful? Well, there's, there's a couple ways. Uh, the first one is is they have the resources and the time to use a smaller portion of their labor to experiment with something in a game that they know is already good, that they know people are playing so they can get data on it, right? Uh, they know a bunch of people like PvP, and they know if they made a PP version of that game that might bring some people back, and the PvP players will give them the data that they need to continue down the road that they're thinking about doing for this game and possibly other games. That's number one. Number two is they have nothing else going on, and it's low risk for them, right? They just throwing their hat into right, the ring. Free to play, microtransactions, right? cosmetics, right, we're, whatever. Let, let's see. Let's see what we can do in order to generate some income, right? And number three is I I really don't believe that they they think about the fact that game over time leads to lower populations. Period since there are more exciting games always coming out now, everybody's trying to outdo everybody. So another game comes out that's better than the last and it's constant now, right? One or two a year is always pushing you out. Right. And especially if it's a grindy game that you need to get into, case in point, your game, Lost Ark, right? If you got people who are concentrating on a new grind, new thing, and are playing that game, nobody gives a shit about Division 2. Your time has passed. Right. You're done. Like it's not a dead game. It's not. It's not vagoded. It's the the hype level of your game for what it is compared to what everything else that's out right now. Nobody cares. Nobody cares that you came out of a PvP game. But they will have that small population that will play it that gives them the data that they need. I I have a problem with this because one, Division Two is still out there and they're they're still supporting it. But yet they're coming out with a Dark Zone version of that game, and they call it something different, but it's still within the Division universe. Okay. It was a good game. Yeah, I yeah, liked no, it. Yeah. And now what happens is that they're coming out with a game that's compete with Tarkov. Now, you better make sure that this game is the same, if not better, than Tarkov. Because if it's not, then no one's going to play your game, and then it's a wasted development time. Because not only did you take away from Division 2 because the content was there and you could have just kept adding to it and the Dark Zone is already in there, but now you're also killing your own game because now you're making a standalone version of the game of Dark Zone where the Dark Zone is already in Division 2, okay? And now they make a standalone game of the Dark Zone 
but like Tarkov. And I feel like they, they're losing the identity and they're just trying to jump on the bandwagon of that type of game. Okay. Which we've seen is that, it, is it a, is, that is there Battlefield trying to do. Is there, is there a price point for that it's game? Free. It's free. It's a free to play game. All right. They, they're looking for data. Right. They're right. looking for data. They're looking for data they and, have, and cosmetics they have, they have and, a, and stuff. They have a certain amount of guys basically testing things on an active game to see what players think of it. I mean, they, they, they got nothing else to do. Maybe right. they're in pre-production or basic production of, of another game, and they had some time to do this. That's what, that's what they would do. Yeah. Right? It's, it, what, what happened? Listen, if you cared about it, like if you really cared about it, wouldn't there be a DLC for Division 2? Well, there is, but they, they didn't make it until way after the game was right. done. They knew they were supporting a, a year right. after the game came out. So the game were launched. They had a year content, and the game ended, and they didn't make anything up until that point. They were working on this game. And then they decided, well, Division 2 is popular. We're going to continue supporting it. But here's another year of recycled content while you wait for the... Instead of just supporting the game going forward. Right, but if... But the, the, my, my defense is, is if you really cared about the game, you wanted to continue on, you wanted to push ahead, do the next chapter, whatever it is you talk about, right? It wouldn't be a roadmap. Right. It would be the actual facts of what it is. Hey, guys. We're going to Chicago. Here is the Chicago map. This is what we're going to do in Chicago. You're going to have some vehicles you can drive around in. New armor sets to have. You're going to have to grind for this. New new raids to go into, right? We're going to have little attack boats that go down the uh, the Chicago River, right? Like, and you just talk about it, and they go, "When's that coming out?" Oh, next summer. DLC, thirty nine ninety five. Done. Like you talk about what you're actually going to do. Right, we already made everything. They talk right. about is just hypothetical roadmap maybe kind of sorta it's like what are you talking about either you know what the fuck you're gonna make in another year you know what your fuck you're making or you don't like you, there's no in between right either dlc or not right. that, that's it i'm done with the roadmaps i'm done you with, with your hypothesis well we know what we're <clears> thinking about doing it sounds like a really good idea right we're gonna have hang gliders you jump off a building and then someone goes i was never able to get on a roof of any building except for the home base area like, well, from the home base area, you're going to be able to fly around for three blocks on a glider. It's going to be awesome. That's coming out in November, maybe. Like, <laughs> either it is or it's not, right? You, I, don't want your, I don't want your whiteboard testing phase to be in my fucking roadmap. I don't care. I don't give a shit. The, the last story I want to talk about, Sarge, is real quick. It's a Destiny story. It made me laugh, okay? So get this. Destiny... This week released their last week before the new, the, the last cutscene that comes out. There's an event that goes on, that is a uh, is a event where you go in with match made players. Okay, while they're in there, at the end of it, a cutscene happens. But anybody in the cutscene, anybody in the team can hit the the skip button, and it skips the cutscene that completes the story that you waited six months for in the cutscene. Okay, so. Destiny, or Bungie, I should say, for some reason, because remember, you always had to, all of us had to hit the skip button just to get past certain things. Like, come on, hit the skip button so we can get past this. This particular thing, just this one, just one person has to hit the skip button and it completely loses it. So people are missing out on the on the on the story, okay? And people are pissed. And their their thing is they 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 said, and let me let me get the quote. Watch the video on YouTube. They said, watch the video on YouTube. They watch did. Watch the video on YouTube. They said, watch the video on YouTube. But they also said uh, in, in the, in the, in the uh, article, hold on, let me, let me get it. 
because they, they they also talk about it as well don't don't uh don't save or what what the fuck did they say hold on let me find it and i laughed i was like wait a minute so i waited seven months for a thing and then all of a sudden i can't watch the cutscene. you're telling me to go watch the fucking youtube i was like come on bro yeah. Come on. And it's just, it's laughable to me because it's like, it's the skip button. In all games, you're like, come on. It says like, even in Lost Ark, it says one of four, two of four, three of four. If it doesn't say four of four, you got to watch the cutscene. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and for some reason, Destiny, after all these years, seven, matter of fact, seven years Wait, out. Someone forgot to put the code in that says all three people have to say it. Yeah. They just took it out. Yeah. They, someone didn't want to write that part of the code in there. It was that was difficult. It says, okay, it says progress can be blocked if moving too quickly on the bridge encounter. Double back if blocked. Don't skip the final cutscene. That's the warning. Don't skip the final cutscene because everyone can skip it by accident. Right? Your cat can walk uh, that, across the controller. That, and that's called and, and in twenty twenty two, that's called a fix. Right. That's the fix. That's the fix. Okay. Just don't push the skip button. Yeah. And then someone says, Well, you can go back and play it again. And I guess that's normal for Bungie because they don't respect your time anyway, right? So I just thought it was funny. I just thought it was funny. You know, it, it was too hard to putting, not skip. Putting the three-person skip button in the entire legacy of Destiny the entire time, but right now couldn't do it. That's right, Brain. They they needed the space. They 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 couldn't put the coding in. They just yep. it was just the game's too big. They couldn't big. put the non-skip don't skip button uh, code inside there. The game was. Game was too big. It, the code was out three million lines, and that was three million in one. It had to go. Epic Bacon says it's worse than that. It's a six-player match-made event. Oh, for God's sakes! That, that means no one gives a shit about you, Bacon. They're pushing that <laughs> button as fast as possible. Like I, uh, fuck Bacon. Fuck this shit. Yeah. Fuck Bacon. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. So that's the show. Episode two ninety-eight is in the can. We do appreciate you very much for coming and hanging out with us today. Uh, just two more episodes, and we got three hundred. Sarge, uh, we're at three hundred. So by March, I'm not sure if I can fit into that dress. I want to. I'm not putting a dress on. You can. I want to look. I want to look pretty for the three hundredth episode. Um, you can watch us every single Thursday, eight p.m. Eastern. We do appreciate you coming out. If you'd like to support us in any way, shape, or form, uh, you can hit that subscribe button. It's free over on YouTube. You can hit that follow button. It's free on Twitch. You can uh, hit that like, share, subscribe. Okay, uh, those are the free ways. If you'd like to help us out in any other way, you can do as little as 99 cents uh, as a member over on YouTube, or you can do the 499. You can do a super chat. Uh, you can also do the Twitch Prime sub, which is free, and then you can also do the Twitch 499 subscription over on Twitch. Uh, you don't have to, but all that helps us out here. Like I said, we do these every single Thursday for the entire year. We do about average about 42 between 42 and 45 episodes a year. Uh, if you can watch us after the fact on Google, Spotify, Anchor.fm, you can listen to us in your ear holes uh, through any podcast, uh, any podcast platform. Uh, you can watch us on video format on YouTube after the fact or past broadcasts on Twitch, but no one does that. No one watches the past broadcast on Twitch. Or you can go to Spotify and watch the video uh, portion of this as well. Uh, there will be breakout videos of these uh, throughout the week. So if you missed any of this, I do release... Uh, those as we go along. Uh, thank you very much for hanging out with us, and I hope you guys enjoy your weekend. I'm going to go play some Lost Ark, and by next week, maybe I'll have 340 hours for Sarge, uh, because in one week, Sarge said 340 hours in one week. So it's been a long week for him. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace. Game on.
I always forget it. Krebsy, I always forget. Please react to the stories in our Discord. It helps us uh, go through the whole filter process. If you guys like topics of stories, you don't have to read the articles. If you see a topic you guys like, just hit the emote button on that on that uh, inside the submitted stories. It helps us out. Appreciate it. 